welcome back to the midweek episode of the Rev and Sam podcast. Joining us every week, staying committed for the NFL NFL season. I think we're going to make it all the way through. Fresh off a fresh off a shift, Ian Fadaport. How's work? Yep, fresh fresh off of work. It was it was it was work. You know, only as good as you can allow it to be. But nothing eventful. No no crazy stories. Nothing eventful. The only eventful thing I've got today is been waiting all day for this. So. Mm, I agree. I agree. But we did have somebody, uh, we did have a customer at where I work today. A customer, we can I got a client. We'll call him clients. We had a client where I work today. Uh, he wasn't, he wasn't there when I was there, but he was going to be in there later in the evening. His name was Corky Bibbo. Corky Bibbo? Corky Bibbo with a C. <laughs> so I got, I got, I got some people that are going to report back. I need to know who, what Corky Bibbo, who he is, what he looks like. I don't even know. I shouldn't even assume. Maybe it's a she. Corky Bibbo could be Maybe anybody. I feel like Corky, Corky's a gender neutral name. Yeah. Bibbo is definitely a gender neutral last name. I guess there's no, um, there's, there's no gender yeah, last name. Yeah. Johnson. Peterson. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> But Maybe. we got a, we got we got a we got a draft another draft lined up today. We've got some uh, fantasy face off, some fun stuff to talk about. But uh, I know the NFL is not the only thing that's uh, going on right now. The NBA has started up, preseason's going on. I know you're just an NFL NFL guy, Dan. But what's the what's the over under on NBA minutes that you've seen so far? Like I not even just not even like TV minutes, just. Social media, Instagram, online, combined minutes for NBA, NBA prices. Um, Over, under, four and a half? Under, way under. It's a whopping zero. Oh. I have not seen a lick of anything NBA since Not a single clip? Not a single thing. Not a single Wembenyama dunk has surfaced? It's not made it through your algorithm? Okay, wait, okay. I've seen 30 seconds because I saw, I saw a Wemby dunk that uh where the defender was like seven foot one and the caption was like well being seven foot tall just doesn't even matter in the nba anymore was it the baseline was it was it like from the baseline was, i think it was the baseline one or but, like from yeah, uh, talking to, court side it was talking about uh how uh how like defenders can be as tall as they want but it doesn't mm-hmm. matter because one be seven foot five or whatever yeah, he had a dunk in the game against uh, the preseason game against the Heat that was over Thomas Bryant, who yeah is a who's the backup center for the Heat. They just signed him in the offseason. It was like halfway up the lane, just reached over the top of him and dunked it. And there was a view from like front row that was like, holy cow! He literally does just reach over the. You top can see of him. his yeah, and you can see his face right after. <laughs> he was like, "What the fuck just happened?" Yeah, they zoomed in on his face. He's like, "There's he's like, what do you mm-hmm. want me to do? There's no way to stop this. <laughs> you haven't you don't have a team, do you? Do you have a team?" Oh, I do not. Do you have a guy? I mean, I I don't want to like be that guy, but like I feel like I've watched myself follow LeBron more than I follow anybody else. But that just comes with like not being like like a true to NBA fan. Just kind of watch like the the famous guys. Definitely, if you're only watching House of Highlights too, because I think yeah, he's yeah. they always do the most posted athlete at the end of the year, and I think it's uh pretty much oh it's always LeBron. Braun and Steph, yeah. anyways, are the top two. You need to pick yeah, a team a for. One. You need to pick a team for because like Sam doesn't have a team either, but going into each season, he picks a team that he's going to root for. He picks like a team of the year. I feel like we okay. need to get an Ian Fatiport team of the year. 
Uh, so is this all preseason stuff? Like regular season hasn't started yet? Regular season starts not next week, but the week after. Or no, yeah, by now it is next week. So next is today the 17th? Yeah. So next week the NBA starts, the 20, 23rd? 24th Tuesday. Uh, okay. On on Tuesday yeah, next week's show, I'll 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 announce what team I'm gonna orphan for this year for the NBA. We'll oh, you'll have a team of the year? I'll, I'll have what? a I'll have my team to follow by our Tuesday show. Okay, okay. I like to hear it. I like to I like to hear that you're uh, at least interested in committing. what's the newest two K that you have? Do you have like a team that you can play uh, with on there? Twenty two was the last one I played. Oh, uh, okay. So I mean, yeah. things move quickly in the NBA, so maybe some yeah. ground. Because if you could, if you could have a team that you could watch and then also play with, I think that would help keep you interested as well. Yeah, because it's not like it's not like the NBA has the the fantasy thing that the NFL does, and it's I don't think yeah. the the gambling as well either. It's like the betting stuff is as widespread and it's easy too. Like the same game parlay stuff is like I feel like taking the NFL gambling to like like it's just like. Now, now you can put the little parlays on every game and then you can say, well, I guess every primetime game I'm watching, I guess I'm just doing the same game parlay to make it more interesting. And the NBA hasn't yeah. like stumbled onto that yet. And I feel like if it, if it could grab you in those like outside things, then you're not even, you know, you could watch, you could like semi watch it, but you're still like consuming everything that's going on because you're interested in this other stuff. They need to hook you in the yeah. fantasy other angles i i did a league i i did a league last year but it was my first year doing basketball league and it was so long that i just like stopped paying attention after like the first mm -hmm. month of it so i might because we did one through our work if we do one again this year maybe maybe i'll try to pay attention to it a little more than i did last year but knowing me and knowing what i do for fantasy sports i wouldn't count on it and i'm not even gonna lie like the first year that i've played fantasy basketball i probably lasted like six weeks and then it was like, oh, and then I think Embiid got hurt. And then I was, my team was done. And I yep. literally haven't played fantasy basketball since, but you'll have a, you'll have a team of the year. I love to hear it. That'll be a, a big announcement for next week. The other big thing that'll happen by the time next week's pod comes out. And I don't know, I don't know if we want to commit to anything now, but killer of the fly, uh, what's it? Killers of the flower moon, the, the Martin's course of the flower moon comes, comes out, out on Thursday. Week. Yeah. Is that a is that a must watch for you over the weekend? I I don't know because I'm I'm going to the Iowa Minnesota game on Saturday, and uh, then I work on I work Friday and Sunday as well. So if mm -hmm. I win, I'd have to go Thursday. Oh, you'd have and to go I, opening I night. I'd have to go opening night, so I got to see like what times and and stuff and when I'd be able to go. But I'll definitely try to see it by the end of next weekend if I don't see it this weekend. Like as soon it's a, as soon as possible. I I think so. I'm a huge like my favorite actor is Leonardo DiCaprio, my favorite director is Martin Scorsese. When you mix the two of them, it's always greatness. So there's not really uh not really a way around it to be able to not see that. Okay, good. So we'll probably be talking about it. That's uh yeah. what I figured was going to happen, but before we before we get to the draft that I mentioned, we should uh I did want to Get your thoughts really quickly on the, you know, probably the biggest stuff that happened in the NFL weekend, the two big upsets, both of the undefeated teams in the NFC go down. But the other thing that that did really was 
the Lions also won. The Lions are five and one. So now the top of the NFC is Eagles, Lions, Niners are all five and one. So, you know, just after the weekend, after the two upsets, like what are the degrees of separation right now in the NFC between these teams? I, I think it definitely with like the win margin gets a little bit closer between all three of them. I still have, I still have the same order. I would have last week, which would have been Niners, Eagles, Lions, uh, just because of like, uh, like when the Niners offense is healthy, it's easily the best offense in the league. It's got the most weapons on it. And then uh, when it comes to the Eagles, they're, they like it's just the team that like you look at the Eagles offense and say like, wow, you they know how to play football. Like when when you watch them play and stuff. So uh, like the common thing with those two upsets this week would be uh, like higher end defenses, like the Jets defense and the Browns defense have both been really good this year. Uh, they did have a couple injuries on the offensive side of the ball for both those teams. The Niners being worse than the Eagles. Uh, I believe the Eagles were missing Landon Dickerson. And then yeah. in that game against the Browns, the Niners lost Debo. Or was it Johnson? Uh, they lost CMC. Or Johnson. Johnson. Lane Johnson. Yeah. Lane Johnson. Right. But, yeah, for the Niners, they lost CMC. They lost Debo. And then Trent Williams got hurt in that game as well. But I'm pretty sure he was able to come back and play. So it'll be interesting to like keep an eye on those injuries, especially for the Niners. Like when you you look at their top three guys on that side of the ball, like that's who you name from each like tier of that offense, other than Brock Purdy. So it'll be interesting to keep an eye on, and maybe the Lions could take a top spot potentially if they can stay healthy as well. Because I know David Montgomery just got hurt this last week too. What would you say is the biggest weakness on the Eagles right now? Uh, I just I don't think they have made many explosive plays this year like they did last year. Uh, like they're more known for this year. They've they've kind of got like the slow methodical drives going, which is kind of mm-hmm. typical from the Eagles. But last year you would look at their guys like AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and you'd see a lot more explosive plays with Jalen Hurts kind of pushing the ball downfield as often as he did last year. And I don't think we've really seen that this year. Yeah, I don't want to be like too overly critical of Hertz because I do still like, like Hertz think he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league, but the rest of the team is so good right now. Like the offensive and defensive lines and the offensive line, you know, the running backs can be like, you know, running backs obviously can be amazing, but they can also benefit from good offensive line play. And Deandre Swift is a talented running back. So mm-hmm. he's not a weakness on that team with that offensive li- line. I think, JJ AJ Brown, some of the early season stuff, the way they were using him, just it didn't seem like it was the right way to do it. But they've definitely gone back to getting him down the field, deep shots. He's been he's been like absolutely incredible this year. So I guess, you know, if you want to nitpick, say, you know, start saying the safeties, the linebackers, like I, you know, start getting into that stuff. But yeah, I think you're right. Like when it comes to the offense, just the lack of, you know, they do, they do big shots but again the rest of the team is so talented that i don't think hertz has taken that step forward that i think a lot of us thought he would take so like saying that hertz is a weakness on the eagles is not it's like it is like a very very strong weakness it's not you know it's a weakness that right. uh, if you're a team you'd love to have but the rest of the team is playing so well right now that you know and he he did throw the pick at the end of the game too so people are staring at him but I mean, with with the team being so talented around him, it does seem like that is making his performance stand out a little bit. 
Yeah, and it, like if you move to the other side of the ball, like on their defensive line, they've got uh, potentially one of the top finishers of uh, defensive rookie in the year in Jalen Carter, who honestly is kind of playing at a level where he could finish towards the top of the defensive player of the year in general. Uh, so you kind of have to move into like the secondary a little bit. You got to move into the linebacker spots. Uh, to be honest, I haven't watched a lot of Eagles football this year. Uh, and I'm not quite sure who they've got for like linebackers as their starters. I know more if they're their front ends on their defense and then their offense as well. Carter, the only reason Carter wouldn't win rookie of the year at this point is just because the voters would be hesitant for going his direction because the thing is he's been awesome. Like from start to finish or he basically Mm. been awesome every week of the season so far, but Christian Gonzalez did win defensive rookie of the month the first month of the season mm-hmm. and he he played really well but Jalen Carter was still the best rookie there was really no reason yeah. he shouldn't have won it it was just Gonzalez you know he had the good Sunday night game against Tyreek Hill obviously but uh Jalen Carter have, was better every week so they've got they've got Nicholas Morrow right now as one of their linebackers this is on the PFF depth chart Zach Cunningham okay is he just straight from Houston, or did he have another stop, stop uh, in there? He was an old Titan, I believe. Or Titan, yeah. Edmonds, Terrell Edmonds. Then they have Reed Blankenship as the other safety. Okay, yeah. And I know Slay. Is Slay hurt right now? Because he's not on this. Um, I think so. Either. I'm not sure. He's kind of been, he's given up some more plays than he has last year. Bradbury's been pr- pretty solid. And I, I would still trust Slay in a in a big moment, but he has uh, been a little bit more inconsistent. So, uh, you know, it's it's a tough, it's a tough league. The thing that's really tough about this game is really the fact that the the Jets starting corners were out and that's going to make it, you know, people seem like they're going against the lesser Jets defense. Which I mean, obviously they were like Sauce Gardner wasn't out there, but I mean, Bryce Hall has been good all year. Didn't Bryce Hall, Bryce Hall uh, have a pick last week as well? Uh, He had the fumble return touchdown against the Broncos. Mm-hmm. At the end of that I game. know. Yeah, he's he was making some game changing play in that game. It's it is Bryce yeah. Hall, right? Uh, yes. Yep, Bryce Hall. If I if I if I Google Bryce Hall right now, is what's more likely to come up, the corner or the TikToker? Do they spell uh, their name? It depends on how you spell it. Uh, Bryce Hall for the Jets is B R I C E Hall. It's not Y. And then no, the influence the influencer is Y and uh. Okay, let me double check his name on PFF quick. Because I think it, because I did that, I did think it was Y for a second. Oh, they took him out of the starting lineup. I guess, I guess Sauce is back. Oh, it is with a Y. I was wrong. It is with a Y. Okay, so let's see what happens. Bryce Hall. Yep, it's the TikToker. Even Wikipedia. American social media personality and boxer. You can't call that guy a boxer. Are you kidding me? Has he had an actual professional fight? Was the uh, fight a real fight or was, was that an exhibition? It might have been a it might have been a pro listing, but nowadays you can kind of get anybody to sign up for a pro fight. It feels like. Mm, so Wikipedia says it was a exhibition match. Okay. Against Austin McBroom. So yeah, he's not a technically even a. Even not a, not to get too off topic, but did you see any of the boxing matches on Saturday? Between Dennis? Uh, there was Dylan Paul. Danny's and Logan Paul, and then there was Tommy Fury and KSI. 
I saw I saw the clips from the Danis and Paul. I did not see anything from Tommy Fury KSI though. I mean, there's kind of there's kind of takeaways from both for both fights. Uh, the first one with Logan and Dylan, uh, like in the fifth and sixth round, uh, you can tell that Dylan was like trying to take him down to the ground and like like hit him MMA style, which which could have been like an instant disqualification or something like that. I think they said after the fight that they disqualified him uh, prior to the sixth round, but they didn't hmm. like make that decision until after the fight. Because wait, I, so I mean, what does that, that mean? The case, well, so they the, retroactively disqualified him. They went back and looked at it. Well, I think it was when they announced it at the end, when they announced Logan Paul the winner, they said uh, it was via disqualification, but I can't remember if they said fifth or sixth round of disqualification. Mm, so okay. anybody who bet Logan Paul TKO mm. technically got it because disqualification is a technical knockout. And then I, uh, if you yeah. if you over, if you go look at clips at the Tommy Fury and KSI fight, there's mm-hmm. a, there's a big... Uh, big thing going on about how KSI should have won that fight. The judges like, Oh really? Because the pro boxer has to win the fight. Yeah. Tommy, it went to uh scorecards and Tommy Fury won by split decision. Uh, it turns out hmm. one of the judges did their math wrong on one of the cards. Oh, and they also, they had it as a tie originally, but it, it went to uh Tommy Fury. So they changed it to a unanimous decision. But it just like if you watch the fight, like I watched it all the way through, it didn't. Look Did you like watch Tommy. the whole fight? I watched the whole thing. Like KSI outlanded him. He was more aggressive, especially in the first couple rounds. Like Tommy Fury's argument was that he like set the pace of the fight, but like the whole time he just kind of he was he didn't really throw a lot of punches, and like because of that, he also got outlanded by KSI as well. So like to me, when I watched that fight. I don't know a lot about boxing, but I, I know I feel like I know enough to a point where KSI should have won that. So yeah, it says one of the judges. Should we shout out his name? I guess it's not technically a shout out if he's getting his math wrong. Yeah, <laughs> tough one for uh, tough beat for Rafael Ramos there, but uh, he uh, it, he scored it. He thought he scored it fifty seven fifty seven, and then it should have actually been scored 57 56 in favor Fury. of Fury. Yeah. Tommy Fury. Yeah, yeah. Which I So did you watch both that. fights all the way through? I watched I watched both of them all the way through. And I don't get the, how Tommy won the second one because in my opinion, uh in the first round, you give the first round to KSI, you give the second round to KSI and in the second round as well, Tommy Fury got a point taken off for a behind the head hit. So mm. he would have lost that round 10 to 8. And then when I'm kind of looking at it, I would give either the fifth or the sixth round to KSI. Either of those rounds could have gone either way, but I think he definitely won one of the two. So if you do that math, like if you give him three and three rounds, KSI wins by a point because Tommy Fury lost that point in the second round. But these judges gave uh, gave KSI the first, I think they all gave KSI the first round. Two of them gave KSI the second round. And then they gave the rest of the rounds to Tommy Fury, which, if, and if you watch the fight, I think he, I think Fury won the third and the fourth for sure. And then I'd give him the fifth and give KSI the sixth, but I'm not hmm. a boxing judge, so what do I know? There is, none of the judges scored the fight like you said, but, I mean, you said first and second round, like you said, and then judge number one, which they don't have his name here in the article, but judge number one scored round six, in favor of KSI. So yeah. in, in some way, you know, the judges all saw a version of that scorecard. So it did seem like, 
I guess that's surprising. Did you see the Did you see the Jake Paul Dylan Danis fight at all? Did you watch any of that? Uh, the Logan Paul Dylan fight. Or uh, no, sorry, I meant the uh, Jake Paul Tommy Fury fight. Going oh, back, I, going back a little bit. I watched clips of that. I didn't watch it live. Because I but, think, obviously, oh, you know, from because that that's where they both started, right? Jake Paul started against KSI. Uh that, no, Jake Paul. Is that first Logan Paul? Fight, uh, that was no. They haven't fought each other. Jake Paul's first fight was uh, who was it? I know his earlier fights would have been Ben Askren and Nate Robinson. I don't remember who his first one was. Mm-hmm. And Woodley in there as well. Nate Robinson well, was yeah. the first, the first knockout first that got him popular. Yeah, yeah. But I don't remember if that was the. Like the and first they, actual professional fight they had. Oh, Silva as well in there? In December as well. So his first technical pro fight was against Ann Eason Gibb. Oh, yeah. Is okay. this a YouTuber? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I sound like an old man. You are old. And Anson Gibb, is he a big guy? <laughs> is he like uh, popular? Uh, I didn't really watch him, but I knew of him. I know of him. Because that was, that would have been the same card where, uh, that would have been Logan versus KSI. Hmm. Okay. So yeah. Logan and KSI were the ones that fought. Not, a, not yeah, Jake and fought, KSI. Uh, Logan and KSI fought twice. Mm. Jake Paul and KSI have beef on Twitter and they talk about fighting each other all the time, but I don't think they're ever going to get anything done. Well, regardless, like of all the influencer boxer guys, Jake Paul seemed to be the one that was being, you know, becoming the most legit. He was really focusing uh-huh. on it. But I mean, Ty- Tommy Fury did beat him, right? Like that was pretty, yeah. pretty convincing. I think everybody yeah, agreed watching that, that was... fight that Tommy Fury was the better fighter. Yeah. And like when you look at this fight, uh, KSI, like I think he was a lot better than Tommy Fury. He was hell of a lot better than Jake Paul against Fury at the same time. So mm. Jake Paul is trying to take shots at him at Twitter, saying, "Oh, you lost this fight. The scorecards got it right. I could kick your ass." When in reality, it's like they fought the same guy, and one did a hell of a lot better. I don't really know how how the one that did worse could beat the guy that did better than him. Yeah, it's hard to always do like the you know the compared like that way, like you do in the NFL sometimes. But like, would Jake Paul would he take? a fight against KSI would that be a smart move for him i i don't think it'd be like i think it'd be a smart move socially it'd like to get like the social media awareness from it i think they could i think they could really uh promote that fight well when it comes to the smack talk and everything around it but it seems like he's trying to be like a real fighter though well i don't really know if that's the case because he has yet to fight somebody who's actually a professional boxer He's fought Nate Robinson, who was a past NBA player. He bought he fought Ben Askren, who was a retired MMA fighter. He fought Tommy Fury. Uh, he fought a YouTuber first. Well, I guess yeah, he's the only professional boxer on that list. Which I thought after that fight he was going to move on and like keep doing professional boxer fights. But now in December they announced he's fighting a retired MMA fighter, and I forget his name off the top of my head. But he's mm. he's gone back to a fight where he can try to promote that he knows he could win, regardless of how good the opponent is. And he did that a little bit in his last fight too. He took on Nate Diaz, who was wait, it's not KSI. Is Internet lying right now? He took on Nate Diaz, yeah. who was uh definitely not, you know, a feisty guy, but definitely yeah. a tougher matchup for Diaz. 
Wait, so it definitely was announced his next fight? I saw it on Twitter. Uh, yeah, Did you see it's it on, on December 15th. Opponent not yet named? Hang on, I'm looking for it. They announced, I saw it today. Maybe they just announced the date. That's what this site says. This site just says oh, that okay. they have the date set up. So maybe that is KSI. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if they would release like the promotions for his fight if it and not drop name drop KSI if it was KSI. I think. True. What did I see? I saw somebody. I saw it was an ex MMA fighter and people were going ham about it. Let me see if I can find it again. I'm trying to even think who it would be. Just like realistically, I, I wish I had better knowledge of the older MMA guys. But I didn't know who it was when I saw it. And that's a. Uh, I mean, you know, he'll go back. He'll dip back into the MMA pool because, like you said, those will be guys that will, will be competitive for him. But that is interesting from a money standpoint. That you know, he's always he's always talked like his fights have been super successful. But you know, a super successful fight would. Would would they have an opponent lined up two months out? Um, I think they probably For a big have day? a list of guys who they're trying to narrow it down to. But I, I'm assuming I saw was just somebody throwing bullshit out on the internet because that MVP promotion company that he retweeted said they're announcing the opponent on October month. October when? Twenty seven. They're announcing the opponent. Oh. So that'll be that'll be in ten days. So that'll be not the next one, but ooh, interested the to see Halloween fight. Yeah, that'll be because because KSI doesn't get you farther in the boxing circle, but you're right. I think in the social circles, if you're trying to like promote, get a big number of people, mm-hmm. you know, he can definitely reach a large audience between both of their yeah. followers. And I think if it was KSI, they'd probably schedule the date out a little farther and give it a little bit more time mm-hmm. for a lead up and to promote it as well. That is true. He did just fight. So it'd be a two month turnaround for yeah. him as well. He's not Kevin Holland. I don't know if you, you probably don't know who Kevin Holland is, but he's a UFC fighter who's fought like six times this year. He fights like every <laughs> two months. I'm pretty sure he's lost like three or four in a row too as well. So. Well, I mean, yeah, when you're fighting that often in a year, you don't really get a lot of time to prepare, like not nearly as much time as other people normally would. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if his, uh, you know, like recovery and stuff, if he's like just needs a, of like one big long break to get back on track and maybe yep. win his next fight instead of taking shorter breaks and not getting full recovery between each fight. But before, uh, before we get to the draft, uh, Real quickly, because uh, with the upsets that happened this week, I didn't know if we would see some kind of shift in MVP odds. And with the teams, you know, now the, now there's no more undefeated teams. The power rankings kind of even out. But nothing really changed that much. And just in general, so right now, 15 of the top 17 MVP favorites are all quarterbacks. And, and, you know, this is something that we've definitely talked about, but this definitely, this season, it just feels like the quarterbacks haven't been the best guys. So I went, I went through the teams this week and I was looking and I want to, so I want to confirm with you, I was trying to figure out 
what teams have the quarterbacks like definitely been the best player on the team this year? So I can I can give you my list, and then if you think anybody that I leave out, you want to debate, we can talk about it. So this is okay. this is the list that I have right now because the MVP is obviously a quarterback driven award, but I mean if you're not even the best player on your own team, but these are these are the quarterbacks' best player on their team. So I think number one, Josh Allen, I think has been the best player on Buffalo this year, and sometimes that can be for better or for worse because of how much their offense relies on him. But number two, and I still I still think that even though even though they lost, you know, recording this Tuesday night, even though they lost last night, I still think Herbert's been the best player on the Chargers. Yeah, I agree is that fair that. to say? Yeah. And he, you know, he did play with an injured thumb last or injured finger last night too. I know it was on his non-throwing hand, but his throws were off in a way that was like unherbert. Like sometimes when Herbert misses throws, like the throw is still a good throw, like it's a crisp throw, it's just a little bit high. And he had a couple mm-hmm. of throws. He had one throw into the end zone that was just like right into the guys, like right into the dirt, right between two defenders' feet. So, you know, who knows if it was the the finger, but the only other guy I have, so I only have three guys on this list. I have Josh Allen, I have Herbert. The only other guy I have right now is CJ Stroud in Houston. And I think everybody else, you can kind of make the case that another guy has been the better player. Who's like the most obvious guy I'm leaving out right now with that list? Um, A name that came to mind, and I just kind of want to like get your opinion on like who on his team is better. Is I thought of Trevor Lawrence from the Jags. Hmm. So that was there was there was two there was two really close calls that I had that I was going to bring up as well. Trevor Lawrence was one of them. I think Trevor Lawrence has been Trevor Lawrence has been amazing this year. So this would not be a anti Trevor Lawrence thing. But how many sacks does Josh Allen right have right now? Linebacker Josh Allen. I did not remember his name. Let me look. He is, he is, and it, 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 he did like rip apart the Colts. So that is, that could be part of it. But he has been phenomenal this year. He's either leading the league in sacks or he's up there or he's up there and pressures the, the pass rushing stats on him have been really amazing. He, so, yeah, he has seven sacks so far this season through seven mm, games. So he's six games because they've had a bye. Yeah. Oh, seven. So yeah, tied for, tied for second total because I think the lead, lead, the league leader has eight right now. I think there's two guys with two or three guys with eight. So he's, he's right behind them, but they did have that bye week in there. We've been phenomenal. So I would say by a hair, it's Josh Allen, but that, that one's close. And I, I could, it could go either way. Okay. And then uh, I'm assuming uh, Levy and Patrick Mahomes off this list. You putting Chris Jones higher. Yeah. And I actually feel, okay. I actually feel pretty good about that just for this That's, season. I, I, I think Chris Jones so. has been fantastic. Sure. I would have I would have Chris Jones on my legit MVP ballot if we were allowed to vote for non quarterbacks, but apparently okay. apparently we're not allowed to do that, so he can't <laughs> be on it. But I mean, yeah, uh, he's been been the best. I think he's been the best player on the Chiefs. The Chiefs defense has. I mean, Sam agrees too that their defense at least has been the best unit on the Chiefs, and he's the best player on that. Uh, you said there were two teams that were kind of close, and Trevor Lawrence being one. What was the other? So the other one, and really, I think I think. I could put this one on, but Lamar in Baltimore. That's what I was going to say. Was Lamar. So the only, the only other guys that I would say, and again, both defensive guys, 
But Roquan Smith, who when they traded for him last year, just like went insane. He was like, I'm finally released from Chicago and I could be an awesome player and went to a completely different level. He's been awesome again this season. And I'm just, I'm a big Kyle Hamilton guy. Okay. Yeah. And I think he's arguably one of the best safeties in the league already in his second season. And Lamar, Lamar has been fantastic, but he has had like, I think a turnover in some form in every game. He's either had a pick or a fumble fumble loss too. sometimes multiple fumbles yeah. over the course of the game. And there's been times when their offense, and I mean, it's not all on Lamar when their offense kind of stalls out, but I, I, I think you could say Lamar, but I just think Hamilton and Roquan Smith are playing outstanding. I could agree with that. I can, I can get behind that. But I think other than, other than that, like going through, going through the list, I think some, in some form, like I know two is high on the MVP voting right now like we've talked about that Tyreek Hill Brock Purdy the same thing I think there's a bunch of Niners you know again it's not like these guys are bad players these are the best teams in the league there's just yeah other players that are playing fan like same same thing we were talking about with the Eagles where I mean it has Jalen is Jalen Carter having a better season maybe that's the way we should maybe that's the way I should start phrasing it so it's not like so outrageous like these right. just the quarterbacks are not having the better seasons than some of the other players around him. Like Jalen Carter is having a better season than Jalen Hurts right now, right? I would say so. So far through these uh through, through these, these first couple weeks, of games. And or through the six weeks, yeah. So the only other quarterback, and I don't think this guy, I don't think this guy has been the best player on his team, but I do think that I do think if I was voting for MVP right now, like legitimately like actually being like a serious vote, like not trying to vote for Four receivers. I think I would have this guy number two on my MVP ballot. I think it would be Jared Goff. And I don't know if I don't know if I want to say who number one is, but I think I would have Goff number two right now, just because I think Hutch again, like I think Hutch has been the best player on the team, but I think Goff maybe compare maybe Purdy. I think Purdy might be a smidge better than what Goff is doing, but the 49ers are just so loaded right now that it's hard to yeah. pick one individual guy. And the balance of Goff and the rest of the team, and the Lions are five and one. They're technically tied for the number one seed in the NFC. I don't think it feels, I don't think it's kind of, I don't think it's too crazy to have Jared Goff on your no, MVP I, ballot I, so far. I don't know if I'd put him at two, but I definitely, I consider him to be up there. Yeah. Like I'm looking, but is at, he a, he's uh, he's is he a ballot worthy guy at this point? They had three guys on the ballot last year. Three guys on the ballot. I don't know. In my opinion, my top three right now would be Tua, Tyreek, and Chris McCaffrey. Mm. See, I I almost I I like I like I like hearing CMC on the list the two like if it if it if it can't be Tyreek I don't know if I can vote for anybody you know anybody on the Dolphins if, if it's not Tyreek at that you point. have Tyreek at one right uh right now I don't if I was making a serious if I was actually voting who would you put at one should I say I guess I if I if I, if I want IT to cut it they can cut it I would have Josh Allen one and I would have Jared Goff too and then maybe Chris Jones three. Who knows? Tyreek Hill three. One Wait, of those who'd guys. You, who'd you say at one that cut out for me? 
I would have I would have I would have Josh Allen one. Okay. Bill's Josh Allen. Yeah. Not Jags Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though Jags Josh <laughs> Allen, he's uh, you know, maybe not he's not too far down the list. But Bill's Josh Allen. And then I would have Goff. Okay. And then maybe and then one of the skill guys, McCaffrey, Tyreek, or or Chris Jones, too, one of the Chiefs players. Okay. But I think Allen, like like we were saying, if it if it has to be a quarterback, I think Allen has been best. Even even after Sunday night's game, like it was a, it was a sloppy game, but they yeah. still were able to want to win. I still think they're you know a Super Bowl contender type team, and you know it was one of those weeks. The defenses were playing really well. Purdy thing, the Purdy thing. I don't understand why people like are looking for this game to be off of Purdy because it felt like this game was due to happen. I mean, he's literally started like 10 games in in his NFL career. They've like all been perfect. And this is the best defense in the league. Debo's playing hurt. McCaffrey's hurt by the end of it. And he still manages to do what he needs to do and get his team down the field to get the position for the field goal. They just, they miss it at the end. Like Purdy still kind of did everything that he was supposed to do to get the Niners to win. Like that was to me, the big difference in the week where you have hurts in the Eagles game. You know, the pick six is the thing that, seals that game or not what it wasn't a pick six was it was it a pick that set them up for a touchdown for a breeze was that an interception to Brees hall touchdown i don't remember exactly how it went but it was the costly uh, yeah, interception so it was a pick yeah and that set them up and then at the end of the game in the two minute drill they took the touchdown all the way back and then mm-hmm. that solidified them by 10 yeah and that that confirmed the win and then you have purdy on the other side you know, actually f- figuring out a way still, it's like, it's, it's, this is the best defense in the league. The Browns defense is giving up like, well, I guess the Niners defense points per game has been, but the Browns defense is giving up like 15 points a game going into the week. Purdy still manages to get the, get the win. So we should probably, we should probably get into the draft and we're doing, I don't, we, we were, I, at least I was having a tough time trying to figure out a name for this draft. You know, it, it, we can call it a trade target draft. Guys that uh, we think could be traded or should be traded. But, I mean, Dan, we could also call it fire sale draft. A change of scenery draft. Yeah. A, a search and rescue draft. Get ability draft. <laughs> what is a third round pick worth draft? Or... I think we call it the Russell Wilson sell high memorial draft. Or any of those any of those names? You like I think, those? I, I think we'll go trade target. I think that's the best way to describe it. Trade target draft. Like like I said, guys that we think could be traded or should be traded. So when I when I was originally thinking about the idea, we were shooting ideas back and forth. It was it was kind of like guys like you know tanky teams kind of like selling off parts but you know there are some guys in good situations as well that i think could potentially be on the block it's not like you know everybody that's going to get traded would be from a bad team so maybe maybe the guys on the bad teams are just more gettable because you know the teams are looking to acquire draft assets move on from cap space or whatever maybe it's just like like i said the gettability maybe it turns into a, a gettability draft but maybe there's some some guys on some good teams as well that could be could be at risk. Okay. First annual trade target draft. Do we let's see, how do we want to do the first pick? Do you just are you just gonna are you taking it from me? Are you just 
coming in and stealing the first pick? No, you are you it. demanding? Oh, what you say. oh, you're giving me the first pick. I demanding that you take the first pick. Hmm. I like the generosity. I like uh, I like the way you think. So, my first pick in the Russell Wilson Sell High Memorial Draft will be. And again, this is this is guys that could be moved. Bad teams are available. You know, I'm not saying this team's a bad this team. This team is a good team, and I don't know if they'll make the playoffs this year. I think with the start that they had, the history would say that they wouldn't. But again, they're still a talented team, so. But but regardless, my first pick in the trade target draft. I know I know this receiver might not be the one you're thinking of, but what about is it time for T Higgins? Trade T Higgins, and again the Bengals are a good team. I think they're still starting to make a playoff push, but that's always been the guy who he's in the final year of his contract right now. So you know in the off season there's going to be negotiations there. They just paid Burrow. Have they paid Chase yet? I know they traded for, I know they drafted Chase the season after. Um, so maybe he's extension eligible next season. Because yeah, Burrow next was, season. yeah, because Burrow was extension eligible this season. So maybe yeah. he's extension eligible next season. But, you know, they'll, they'll have to pay him. And this season, you know, I, I know he is, I know he's dealing with injuries, but he's he's been a little up and down, right? He's been a little shaky. So I know it's not, like the team bringing him in is obviously bringing him in T Higgins. But if you're the Bengals and you're looking at him this year, are you saying, you know, with the way Tyler Boyd is playing with how important Jamar chase is like, does T Higgins still have the same value to the Bengals that he's had the last couple of years? I think, I think he still has the same type of value in that area. Uh, But like the thing is he's coming into this contract year that he wants paid. Like he, he knows how much he's worth when it comes to the wide receiver market he knows that he can get somewhat big contract. And on most teams, you could put him as a wide receiver one. So uh, hmm. it just depends on if the Bengals really want to pay him. I could I could possibly see them trying to make a move, but I feel like it'd be smarter for the Bengals to want to keep him this season so they can stay in an area of like competing in that position. But I would not be surprised if we saw him uh, go to another team this offseason. So right now his market value on Spotrack is four years, ninety million. So twenty-two million a year for T. Higgins, which the receiver market the contracts are big right now. And I, I'm not, I'm, I'm still in on T. Higgins. I'm not definitely, definitely not out on him. Like I would still, if I was a team, I'd definitely be interested in bringing him in. But the injuries, you know, have kind of affected his play. He's been up and down. He is right now. Third in drop percentage amongst wide receivers and amongst 200 eligible pass catchers. He's 173rd in passer rating when targeted, only 58.7 this year. So, I mean, you go through his pro football reference, like the last three seasons, you know, it's been 100 when passer rating when targeted. He's been phenomenal. Is it like, ooh, some nights is T. Higgins the best receiver on the Bengals? Like, like you said, you can put him on a lot of teams. They, you could potentially see him as a wide receiver one. But 
if if there's gonna be contract disputes in the offseason and he's having a shaky year this year, again, not a long-term thing, but if he's having a shaky year this year, do the Bengals look at him and go, maybe we maximize his value right now? If we kind of know long-term, we're not bringing him in. I know that's that's kind of NBA thinking, but could the Bengals maybe see that with a receiver that they know they're not going to pay? Or maybe they I, might I have could, trouble paying? I could see it with them trying to maximize his value now. What would, what would you, if you were a team, what do you think, or I guess if you were the Bengals, what would, what would you take for him? I'm assuming picks. Mm. You're probably not getting a player. Probably, probably not a player. No. Devonte Adams was, I mean, we talked about that trade, I think a couple weeks ago, he was a first and a second. If I remember that right. So I know T Higgins is not Devonte Adams, but I don't know. See it like I a really... second and a third. I, that's what I was thinking. Second and third, maybe seventh, maybe second and a fourth. Mm. Maybe in that you... range, somewhere in that range. He's not. He's definitely not worth a first in any sort of combination. Yeah, if Devonte Adams is one first and that's a A plus receiver, then yeah. T Higgins is yeah probably probably a second round pick. I could. I I think I, a second and a fourth is a good range. Now, would you do that if you're Cincinnati? Would you want those picks? Or would you say T Higgins, our offense, we still are wanting a Super Bowl run? Because the other thing is too, what is what is their record right now? Are they three and three? Are they back either to five hundred? Two and either two and four or three and three. Yeah, they're back to three and three, so they are five hundred. But the slow start, the playoff run, you know, it is it is going to be difficult for them to. Yeah, I still think back. they're they're in like an age of trying to compete. So I, I don't know if I'm the Bengals, I wouldn't trade him by this deadline. I want to keep him throughout the rest of the season and then kind of assess his value at the end and in the off season. Teams that I think that would be, or if I was, you know, the teams that I think should be looking at T Higgins would be maybe Carolina. Cause you know, they, they, they drafted Mingo in the second round last mm-hmm. year, but they've really relied on Adam Thielen. And I still, I still yeah. like Mingo, but he's definitely taken the more, traditional rookie receiver like we've seen a lot of these rookie receivers be able to come and produce right away historically that's not been the thing so i wouldn't count mingo out yet but getting t higgins in there with next next to bryce young and same with same with another team that drafted a quarterback this past year not the colts but houston i think if either of those young teams would 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 t higgins fit next to those quarterbacks well I think so. I think more so in Carolina than Houston. When I look at Houston, like part of me does not want to believe that Nico Collins is going to be like their wide receiver one, like going throughout like his contract and stuff with Houston. But another part of me looks at like how CJ Stroud has been able to use him and how well he's also been able to use Tank Dell, which is like, I, like, I think when you're Houston, you just kind of let those guys write out their contracts, kind of see, how much more, like how big of a step they can continue to take and then just assess off of that. Because if they if they finish this season on pace, like anything like they've been doing these first six weeks, like I expect good things out of that offense and, and great things out of CJ Stroud. I I like Nico Collins. And I, you know, is is he gonna be like a high-end wide receiver one for a good team? You know, that's a that's a lofty goal. But he is definitely for this Texans team like good enough where I don't think you have to feel panicked. Like we need to go get a wide receiver one for CJ Stroud because Nico Collins can at least produce that. 
And then if you happen to draft a guy who's better or something of, you know, good value comes up, like the thing, the thing with trading for a guy like T Higgins would be, they made aggressive moves at the draft last year. And I know they're bringing in young guys, but they're bringing in young guys to turn this around quickly. Like they went out and got the best thrower in the draft, the best defender in the draft, you know, uh, in terms for some people and Will Anderson, best coach. And then just like, Hey, let's spend some money, get a big receiver, get a big weapon in there. So I think there's some young teams in there that could be interested in T Higgins, but where would you go with, with your second pick is the wide receiver market. Is that where we're going to stay? Or are we going to venture into uh, a different position? I'm going to move over to somebody where I would kind of be more surprised that he, if he didn't get traded this season, Oh, more than like uh, I think he would get traded. I'm going to go over to the NFC East and I'm going to go with defensive end Chase Young. Oh, I had him on my list, too. So, yeah. So this guy, he's uh, he they declined his fifth year option in Washington. Uh, It's looking like he's not going to play the rest of his career in Washington. He's either probably Mm going to get traded by this deadline or he'll walk somewhere in the offseason. But Spotrax got his calculated market value at uh, four years, 71 mil, with an average of 17.8 per season. Uh, I think that's a very good range. It's like it's perfectly in between uh, like a Max Crosby and like a like a Zach Allen type of deal mm-hmm. uh, for a guy who uh, they've got him ranked fifth as their DN rank. He's got three sacks this season. Uh, like he's a he's a great defensive end. He came in swinging his rookie year. Uh, has been pretty solid. He did have the injury trouble, but I could definitely see teams uh, taking an interest in him this season just Mm -hmm. uh, to kind of like pursue a playoff push. But uh, when it comes to uh, guys who are right now like uh, rumored to be traded by the end of this deadline, I think he's one of the better ones on that list. I agree. I still have a lot of – do you have a lot of Chase Young stocks though? I do. I do. It's only been injuries, right? That people have been yeah. like, why else does Washington decline that fifth year option if they just don't think he's going to be healthy? Because, like you said, he produced his rookie year. He played, you know, 15 games, but seven and a half sacks, 24 total pressures, played nine games in 2021, and then three games last year in 2022. So, again, injuries. But this season, he's been back to being healthy, and he is like even a little bit better than he was his rookie season, which is, you know, he's exactly what you would want to see from a young guy still improving and still knowing, you know, that he's got mm-hmm. levels that he can take his game to. It's just, it's not like he's, it's not like he's insanely better, but his sacks per game is up a hair from, you know, a half and a sack, a half a sack to game, a half a sack a game. And he's at three sacks through five games. And he had one, one and a half pressures per game his rookie season and this season he's averaging over three pressures a game and that whole, you know, playing with a much better Washington defensive line as well, too. They have brought in pieces. They've locked down other guys long-term, but you're right. If you can get chase young at $17 million a year, like that's the other $17 million a year guy right now are Vita Vea, Kenny Clark, Draymond Jones, Eric Armstead, and Ed Oliver. So I kind of like my young with, my odds with Chase Young, just if that's the value for that type of player. I, yeah, and I think out of those guys that you listed, the only guy I might take over Chase Young would be Ed Oliver, just with how mm-hmm. well he's been playing this season. And last. I agree. But everybody else on that list, 
easily take Chase Young over Bryce, 100%. And I think, you know, at least you can make the argument that Chase Young has higher upside. Eric Armstead is, of course, that uh, Niners defensive line. He's, he's, all of these guys are good players. Like, yeah. there's, it's not a, that these guys are bad players, but you can get like an actual, like, edge rusher. A lot of those guys are interior guys too that are, you know, very solid all round players. You get like a dynamic edge rusher. And Washington has committed, you know, they've paid Jonathan Allen. They've paid, did they pay Deron Payne yet or did they pay Sweat? I think they paid Sweat, if I can. They paid Sweat? Correctly. Do they want to pay Payne? I'd be surprised another... if they didn't. I think, I think he was another guy that they were wanting to keep around as well. It seemed like Chase Young was the one guy that they were ready to, to get rid of. Yeah, they declined his fifth-year option very early, and I was surprised mm-hmm. about that. I did not think that was going to happen. Was that even was that last year too? That was like right after last season, right after the end of last season. That's very actually quickly. crazy, yeah, because very I don't quickly. know what I don't know what the deadline is on that stuff, but there, I think it was not as soon as they as they declined. It was very. Soon. Yeah, I don't think you have to do it after a guy's third season when he's 20, you know, 24 years old. But I think that's, you know, if Ball- I think that's a guy, if Ballard went out and, and got Chase Young, I wouldn't be mad. But, you know, he was, was, was he number two, number three overall pick in the draft? So is he, he's not a first round guy pick either, right? First round pick guy. Yeah. Was he a second, another Ooh. second rounder, Chase Young? Uh, yeah, I'd probably say second and hmm. see tough. So like when you're trying to rank picks in the NFL, like for trade value, it's kind of difficult. I know that's another, that's another reason I wanted to do this with you. Cause I, it's, cause it's we're, difficult. We uh, both, we both, you know, we watch a lot of stuff. We watch a lot of highlights. We like a lot of posts. So I want to just, I want to try to figure out the best I can, what the value of these guys are. So I need Vataport's opinion on these. I think I'd go second. Is. A second and a third, because I a think second and a third. Uh, I think he's a little more valuable than T. Higgins would be to a team, just because, in my opinion, the defensive. And you end said is second, second and a fourth most, for him. Yeah, I think defensive end is the second most important position on a football team to have. Mm-hmm. So I'd go second and a third, just a little, little bit of an edge over T. Higgins, but definitely not a first after being drafted in twenty twenty. He's been in the league four years. He's twenty, almost twenty five years old. I would not go first. Do you have any fits, Chase Young landing spots? I haven't really thought about that. I haven't thought about where he could land. Um, he seems he's in, he does seem like you're right. He's very available, and if you throw picks at him, that's that's the thing that I had with Chase Young was just uh, mm-hmm. in terms of availability. I had him as the, the I guess the whatever the intersection of availability is and like good player. I had Chase Young as number one number one on the board, but. Uh, Higgins was a uh, kind of a little spicy with it, but I do like the I do like the Chase Young pick. So I think I'm gonna stay. I think I'm gonna stay spicy for my second pick. And this is this is definitely a team that could start selling off parts. I'm sorry, Ian, but we're going to the Broncos, and I don't. Oh, I don't, don't say it. Don't say I don't. It. Well, I don't think this is the player that you think it's going to be. I don't know how, you know, I don't know how attached to you got to this guy you are, but he was, he was, he was making some complaints 
you know, sitting in his locker room. Was it a couple weeks ago at this point? And if you wanted to just look at the market and say, if you're a team and go, who is a, a left tackle we could trade for? I think Garrett Bowles might be a sneakily gettable guy. He's up there. And yeah. I think he's a solid left tackle. He's been very good the last couple of years for you guys. Yeah, I agree. And like like the clip you're talking about, how he's like, I've been here for seven years and all I've done is lose. Yeah. It's, it was like as a fan who was like, I it's remember like when he Black. got drafted. I remember when he got drafted. I remember how they talked about how good he was going to be. That like made me sad too. Like watching this guy put his heart on the field for a team that's just been, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. They've been fucking terrible. Mm -hmm. So, well, I mean, so you guys, you win the Super Bowl in the 2015 season and then the 2016 draft, you draft Paxton Lynch, mm -hmm. but the team, he didn't, he doesn't play. The team is still okay. The next year you guys go nine and seven. So then you have the 2017 draft. That's the Garrett Bowles draft. And nine and seven, nine and seven was the last time you guys had a winning season. So yeah. Garrett Bowles gets there in 2016 and he's on pace to have his seventh straight losing season. Like you said, he is not happy. And I, again, think he's been solid. He's been productive. I don't, you know, are you getting maybe one of the, are you getting like a top tier left tackle? But I think you're going to get a guy that you could slide in. And he's older veteran guy too, as well. So when you're, I think bringing in an offensive lineman, I, I think that's important. And his contract is a very favorable contract. So he's on a $17 million cap hit for this season, 31 years old, 21 million in dead cap. And then next season, he has 16 million base salary, 20 million cap hit, but only 4 million dead cap. So Garrett Bowles is kind of a low risk bet too for next season. If it were to go south, if you know, if uh, you bring him in, I know you're probably going to have to give up some stuff to bring in a left tackle. So you're probably not going to cut him after one season, but again, financially the risk isn't there and it's still only one extra year after this year. So there's not that long-term stuff. So the team, the team that I had in mind for Garrett Bowles was Maybe the what what if I know the New York Jets, everybody's saying, do they go out and trade for a quarterback? But the offensive line has been shaking. If they're thinking long term, Rodgers is the guy, anyways. This mm -hmm. whoever we have on the team right now is the team. Like, what do the Jets have to give you guys that makes you know worth giving up Garrett Bowles? Uh with with Denver, how they look right now it would definitely have to be picks. But with a guy like Garrett Bulls, I'd have a trouble trying to like define like what round value he would be. I know left tackle especially is a tough one yeah. because you think like Tunsil when he got traded, he was first round picks, right? Was he remember. first? But he was also younger too. So you were trading for a left tackle who was gonna like, oh, this is our left tackle of the future versus Garrett Bulls is like, okay. This is like, you know, two to three. This fits our Super Bowl window. We're going for it right now. And, you know, we're just, this is another like all in type move. Maybe like, ooh, maybe a third. And then if you, it's where it gets difficult because I don't really know. Like if you, if we send Bulls in like a seventh and get like a third and a sixth back. Do you feel good about that as a fan? I like I already know our team is fucking 
trash. So mm -hmm. I feel that bad about it. If we're getting some of the capital that we can use in the future, because like you look at our team right now, we are still no closer to winning yeah. for a head coach after trading for Russell Wilson. We are, we are not a step closer to winning with our defense taking a step back and our offense this last week when our defense decided to play well, our offense was like, you know what? It's our turn to suck. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't Russell feel that Wilson. bad about it. Do for a bad then, game. Everybody is starting to gas him up a little bit. Yeah. Another team I have bulls for would be the New York Giants if we're going the other side of New mm -hmm. York. Just because that offensive line has been clearly the worst offensive line in the NFL. And it might be might be time to make a move to try and fix that. Like they've had so many guys go down with injuries. Even when those guys have been healthy, they have been nothing but bad. So I think a possible that move for them. Would you take Evan Neal, Evan Neal back in that deal? No, Evan no. Neal and picks. God, God, keep Evan Neal away from any roster in the NFL. Oh no, he wasn't been, he a first round been, pick? Was he a top? Yeah, 10 he pick? was like a he was a top ten pick. I I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but he's not been good, not at all. But if you bring in Bulls seventh overall in twenty twenty two. But if you bring in Bulls, you know, I think you could kick if when Andrew Thomas comes back healthy, you kick him over to right tackle. Maybe mm -hmm. Andrew Thomas was phenomenal. Maybe you maybe you move Bulls to right tackle. And Andrew Thomas, you know, finally gets back to yeah. the level he was playing at at last season. So either way, Garrett Bowles to New York. I think he likes it better than Denver. I think it's an upgrade for him. I know we could do we'll we'll do honorable mentions at the end. Maybe another guy comes up later, but there's definitely you're definitely a sell-off parts team. So there's definitely other guys you know yeah. you can go for. But the Bulls comments definitely was like definitely perked my ears. I was like, okay, you know, obviously obviously he's not happy. He's he's literally saying it. Yeah. And then, you know, you realize that his contract is not that crazy. He's been good. He does honestly feel like of all of the guys, in my opinion, he does feel like if you were to start selling parts, I know there's another guy that's big in rumors and you know moving on from a left tackle as well too is is not easy but he feels like a guy that we could see you know definitely not in denver for a long time even if it's not this trade deadline maybe in the off season we see something happen yeah or let me see here pulls yeah so you're up next it it doesn't want to make a pick are, so are you're you, on the clock are you, are you ready for this so I'm I'm kind of staying with like Am I? what could be I think it's more spicy than anything just because I don't think it would actually happen. But, but you, uh, you want could, it to happen. I want it to happen. I think the rest of the NFL wants it to happen. Oh. So I'm going with Minnesota Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins. Oh, okay. Because if you look at his numbers so far, it seems like this year he's on pace to have one of his best seasons of his career. Uh, he's, mm. he's thrown for 1,700 yards and four touchdowns. He only has four picks through these first six games. Uh, and then you go over to his contract. He's coming into a free agent year. Mm. Uh, the Vikings have done nothing but struggle. Uh, Justin Jefferson's now out for the next what could be anywhere from four to eight games. Uh, I think there's there's plenty of teams who this late in the season either have injury trouble or just young guys who haven't been able to do it for him at quarterback. Uh, I think he could be a pretty clear target for just for like a one-year loaner and then assess if you want to keep him long-term in the offseason because he is he is 35 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, his first year being drafted in 2012, he's getting up there in age. 
But uh, definitely as a one-year loaner, I could say a couple of targets that I would maybe put out there would be the Jets if they if they don't want to mm. continue to struggle with Zach Wilson. Uh, this last week has kind of shown a light on the Falcons with Desmond Ritter, who on one side might have had the best game of his career, but also threw the most amount of interceptions and just straight up lost the Falcons that game. So I think those are two teams that you could keep an eye out for if they want to trade for a quarterback. Is Desmond Ritter um, in the deal? Bring him uh, in to I think finish the season? Yeah, maybe to send him back and have him finish the season. But uh, with with me and Desmond Ritter, I don't. he's not really a guy that can take you into a long-term anything. The Falcons, I feel like, have, have been trying to do that with him. But if anything, he just kind of maxed it out as, like, their, their guy they can get three or four years out of maybe maximum just to kind of keep in place for their franchise guy that they could eventually draft down the road. I know we said, you know, we've got Michael Penix pinned in well, Minnesota. I know we're talking about it. Michael Penix looks good in purple. Is it is Atlanta the Shador Saunders team? Is that the best fit for Saunders? I feel like I mean, if it, they, it, his dad has the history, so it's there. Yeah, and if they if they draft Shadur, I I feel like they just getting they'd be getting a better pocket passing Desmond Ritter. Does that make mm, sense? Yeah, because they kind of use it. their they kind of use their more mobile the same way. But uh, he definitely, Shadur definitely throws the ball a hell of a lot better already. Yeah. His, and it just looks cleaner as well, too. I mean, he's yeah. less turnover prone. And he's def, he's he's more mobile, can move on the run. And the Falcons' O line has good pieces. I mean, you know, Caleb McGarry, Prince Lindstrom. I mean, it's definitely, but like, they'll be, like, the thing with Saunders going to the NFL is he might actually, like, playing with the behind a real offensive line might be really good for him versus running around in Colorado. Just like it might be. Yeah the pocket might be cleaner for him in the NFL. If he lands in the right situ- situation, which could be weird, but if Minnesota doesn't Minnesota doesn't get a quarterback back in any kind of cousins deal, they've got, so they've got Nick Mullins on the roster right now, who I know Shanahan really made a lot of people fall in love with Nick Mullins, but they also had, they also have Jaron Hall BYU quarterback rookie from this past year. I don't know if you dabbled in any Jaron Hall highlights over the draft. I did season. see a couple of things. Um, I know they had Kellen Mond in there the past couple of years as well, but he's that's out. That's the thing. If the if the Vikings were to trade Kirk, they'd have to get somebody back in return to really loan them the rest of this season as well. I think that would be the difficult part. Trade him to a team that needs a better quarterback, but also somebody who they currently have that could kind of fill in the rest of the season until they assess their needs in the offseason. Jameis Winston. They, New Orleans have Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr in the same roster. Oh, I could see them maybe trading Kirk Cousins to somebody else for like a backup quarterback and then turning around and trading that QB and maybe some picks to the Saints for Jameis Winston. Mm. That could be a possibility. Let me see what Carr's contract is because, well, maybe not, but. If they don't commit, if they don't have him committed too long term, that's an interesting team that could be on the, the down low quarterback market, bringing a guy. I know Carr is uh, completing the ball a lot, but they're definitely not moving it down the field. So that was Kirk Cousins, and I think Minnesota is another sneaky team that might have some guys, some veteran guys that are on the move, but. For my third pick, I will go with 
Do I want to go with another lineman? Or do I want to dip back into the... Let me... Oh, I guess I've done two. I've done two offensive guys. You took Chase Young. So let me go a defensive guy. That was my... That's I already... I guess I already said that was my number one guy. But let me go... Let me go a defensive guy. And this is another team. A lot of veteran parts. I think there's a lot of guys that could be on the move here, both offensively and defensively. And there's still there's still a chance that this team could win the division. So maybe maybe they want to keep these guys around. But maybe, you know, personal just wish list kind of guy. I'm going Carlton Davis, Tampa Bay corner. Okay. I think, you know, any of these Tampa Bay secondary guys, I think a team might be able to swoop in and get. And there's obviously, you know, the receivers as well that could, I know Mike Evans going in into a contract year, but Carlton Davis is like the, just the Bucks defense in general too, is still playing really well, but Carlton Davis too, just between the corners. I've always really liked that duo. I've liked what they've been able to, you know, do in the playoffs. Like back when Brady was there a couple seasons ago, that duo in the playoffs came up clutch for them. And he's still playing well this season. He has had the second lowest completion percentage when targeted of his career and the lowest passer rating when targeted of this career and has also allowed zero touchdowns through six games. So $14 million a year this year and $14 million a year next year. So maybe it's a little, maybe a season too early, but if the Tampa thing really, you know, starts to go South, I know there's only a, a couple games here left between now and the trade deadline, but things go really bad for Tampa and they want to bring in a couple of assets and they go, okay, can we sacrifice a guy? If I was a team, I'd be seeing if Carl Davis was a guy they'd be willing to sacrifice. I like that pick. I do. I, uh, he did come up big for them, uh, in their Super Bowl year as well. Mm -hmm. I remember that. You like him better. Do you like him better than Dean? Does he definitely stand out to you as the, he, the better he corner? He definitely stands out more to me than Dean would. Okay, because both of those yeah. guys are really are really good, and I think there's yeah. games where it could go either way. But I've always leaned Davis, and I know uh, Winfield, the safety as well, too, is playing really well this year. But that's a guy. I know the Colts need a corner, so maybe I'm just looking at what corners are the most available. But I think... I think you could I think you could get him. I mean, what did Ramsey go for? Ramsey went for a third round pick this year. Yeah. This offseason. So again, with the pick value, he's a guy. If I, you know, if I got the bleacher report that some team traded for Carlton Davis for like a fifth or a sixth round pick, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be like, oh yeah, this is the NFL. This doesn't make any sense. Like that's just the kind of trade where you're like, I don't know how some team scooped up a starting level corner for a low end pick. He seems like a good candidate for that type of move. Yeah, I agree. I think a team could, uh, could swoop in and, and, and get him at the deadline. So who is your, who is your third pick? Um, if, if my, if my dear old Pookie bears listening to this, uh, I, I, I would love for you to stay, but I think it's kind of coming to terms with, the fact that wide receiver Jerry Judy's leaving Denver. Oh, uh, is he is, so? So you said with you said with Chase Young that you would be more surprised if he actually stayed. Are you in that? Are you in that with Jerry Judy now? See, I, I'd be more surprised if Denver doesn't deal him. I I think Jerry Judy would like to stay more than Denver would like him to. 
uh, this May they exercise the 13 mil option for next season. Uh, he's not a free agent until 2025, so we we used his fifth year option. But at the same time, our team sucks, and he's kind of the best guy that we've got to be able to send somebody for a good amount of value. Uh, Spotrax got his market value. It is uh, four years, 83 mil, so just over 20 million a season. Which, Whoa. when you look at guys, kind of, it's kind of a lot. That number is kind of a lot because you kind of compare him to guys on this list where A.J. Brown's making 25 mil, DK's yeah. making 24, Terry McLaurin's got 22. And DJ Moore is making less than that average salary that they have Jerry Judy. Mm. Which, when I look at those four guys, I take all four of them over Jerry Judy. So I think getting a contract for him would be difficult to wherever he lands. But at the same time, if you want to add him as like a wide receiver three type of guy just for a season to really like solidify your depth at wide receiver, he'd be a good fit. Uh, if going to sign him in the long term might be a little difficult. So I don't really know if I'd go to teams that already have high rankings and salary cap mm. at the moment. But uh, Colts were rumored to be looking yep. into Jerry Judy. I did see that. I don't know if that's going to stand true with Anthony Richardson probably being out the rest of the season. Mm. But uh, And that might be, be for the best, too. Yeah. Nothing against your guy, but. I don't know if Jerry Judy is the fix to the wide receiver core. If the Colts needed to bulk it up a little bit and add a piece, you know, that would be fine, but they might need to go out and yeah. actually get a guy. So nothing against, nothing against Jerry Judy, but if you had to take the betting odds right now for who's more likely to get $20 million a year at receiver, Jerry Judy or Marvin Mims, who's more Marvin likely Mims. Marvin Mims at this point. <laughs> I think I agree. Like, Marvin wins. Scores yeah, touchdowns. Jerry Judy. I mean, last season, Jerry Judy's coming off of almost a 1,000-yard season. He had six touchdowns. It was 972 total yards. Uh, or No, that was, yeah, that was 2022. This season, he's played five games. He's got 222 yards, no touchdowns yet. Mm. Uh, only 20 receptions in those five games. Uh, I remember this last week against, uh, the I believe it was the Jets. He had a six-reception game for about 60 yards or so. But no touchdowns yet is kind of surprising to me. Looks like Denver's been mm -hmm. using Cortland Sutton a lot in the red zone, and we've been running the ball a lot more often. So I could, you I could see a guy like Jerry Judy getting traded just before what could possibly be a drop-off in his skill level. Have you been pleased with your Jerry Judy experience as a fan? As a fan, I think it peaked, and I mean his rookie season in 2020 was great. Uh, he only played. 10 he was games what the tenth overall pick. Uh, yes, I believe that was the numbers ten, or no, uh, he was fifteenth overall in 2020. Okay. So, but yeah, his rookie season, he, was, he yeah his rookie season he played the position we needed him to. Uh, he was hurt for about a, a third of the season in 2021. Came back in 2022 strong. Only missed two games. Had that almost thousand yard season, which we don't really get to see in Denver. So whenever we can get kind of close to it, it feels good. Hmm. That is true. I guess in terms of guys that you've had, he's, he's produced and that's, you know, two Denver guys now off the board. So those guys, those two, I think are the two most likely on your team to get moved. But do you think Simmons, do you think, we could see a Justin Simmons departure as well at the trade deadline. I, that's, I don't know. I think he's too important to our defense to let him walk. Okay. Even if we are in like a, a time of switching to the younger guys, I don't think, I don't think we'd let him walk this season. 
Uh, if you ask me again next year, depending on how the rest of this season, early next season goes, he could be a possibility. But He's not untouchable though, right? Because Sertan is kind of untouchable. Like it would take a I lot mean, to get Sertan. In my opinion, there's like everybody's available for the right price for any single team. Well, I yeah, I mean, yeah, but Sertan is the Sertan is the you're gonna have Sertan, to overpay to bring yeah, him. Yeah, you'd have to overpay in. for Sertan. Uh he Simmons is probably a little closer to that range. I don't think he's quite there yet. Uh, but those are those two are the only two on my team where if anybody else got traded, I'd be like, okay, we're getting some assets. But if those two left, mm. I'd be like, oh, where the hell are we going with this? Well, I I for my next pick, I don't know if I want to stick with the same teams. I guess you know maybe these are just the teams that could be selling off parts, or do we want to go with a different guy? Let me go. Let me balance out and go. I took the two offense, so let me just go back to back defense. And Cousins is already off the board for Minnesota. And I think this could be another guy too, especially with the Jefferson injury. If they want to, if they want to start collecting assets, Daniil Hunter is a guy that I think, if I was a team, so Chase Young, like I said, if we're talking like who was most available slash good player. I think Chase Young is a, a a very good option for a team, one of the best that on the market right now. But Daniel Hunter is a better player than Chase Young. So if I if I had to bring in a player, I would rather bring in Daniel Hunter. I agree, like Chase Young should be the higher pick. I had him on my board, but if we're talking just in the edge market, I mean Daniel Hunter is one of those guys right now that is leading the league in sacks. He is third in sacks per game, and he is uh eight total sacks in the season. So that eight total number is a league leader. And he's, he's another contract guy that long-term his numbers, I think are going to be very favorable to the team that's bringing him in. So he's $20 million a year this year, $15 million a year next year. And then the cap hit number drops to 7 million in 2025. So his contract is decreasing every upcoming year. And he's a guy that is still producing as one of the better edges in the league. So Chase Young and Daniil Hunter, if I'm, if I'm Ballard, I'm on the phone as often as I can, just trying to get these guys off of these teams. I agree. And uh, like you said, uh, he's been a guy over the years who uh, has really made a name for himself. He's been a household guy when it comes to the defensive line side of the ball. Uh, and with the Vikings, how they've been struggling this season, I could definitely see them making a move for some assets to use in the future. And he's he's on that short list of guys who they could probably get a good penny for. I also think uh, in terms of veteran defenders, you know, Harrison Smith has had a good tenure there in Minnesota, but maybe he's another guy too that if if they're starting to sell off parts, maybe they just, maybe a team swoops in and goes, hey, well, we need a safety. We'll overpay for Harrison Smith, but Daniel Hunter is a guy that I'm very interested to see if he, if he moves on, is he, is he a trade request guy? Has he said anything? Has there been rumblings that he might be unhappy there? I haven't heard anything. You have no, no sources on that. No, no sources for that one. I don't know. I don't know what I'm thinking. I guess there's just, just general trade rumors, but I guess nothing saying that he's, unhappy so maybe he's just coveted because he's 
very talented. He's having an amazing year again. And I think outside of Jefferson would be the guy that on this Minnesota team I'd be trying to get if I was an, another team. So he'll be my fourth pick. And who do you got at number four? Uh, I'm going to go with defensive lineman Brian Burns from the Carolina Panthers. Ooh. He's been kind of a trade target this season. Uh, he came off of last year. He had 12 and a half sacks. Uh, he's got four sacks this season already. So he's he's on pace to be uh, kind of near that same number, maybe a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, the problem I have is with Spotrack, his market value, they have about five years, $117 million. Yeah. He is viewed so, as a premium edge rusher. Yeah, and when you look at guys who have roughly the same amount of deals, like only a mil more is Miles Garrett. Uh, you add mm-hmm. a couple mil, and you get Joey Bosa, TJ Watt, and then obviously Nick Bosa's highest paid. He's got 34 mil. I don't think nobody's going to touch that in a while, but uh, he's he's viewed as a premium. I don't know if I value him as much as I would value Miles Garrett. No. So if, if I think that's he, fair to say. Yeah, I think Miles Garrett is a hell of a lot better of a defensive end. So I don't know do, if I necessarily do two offensive linemen mil. follow Brian Burns around as he shifts on the defensive line <laughs> as they move him around. When they start doing that to Brian Burns, then uh, then then maybe. But yeah, so I I don't know. I'd probably put him closer to twenty mil a year than twenty three. I feel like twenty three still feels kind of steep. Twenty. So what is the separation between? Brian Burns and Chase Young. I think Brian Burns is better, but is it so seventeen million to twenty million dollars a year? Is that fair? I feel like yeah, maybe twenty one for Burns max. Twenty one that kind of separation, but I feel like that's fair. I think I could get behind that as well. They also, I know Burns is the guy that everybody, I think, you know, other at least people in the media seem to want to move him, but. The other big piece they have on the defensive line is Derek Brown. So which piece do you think is more valuable for the Panthers building? Like is Burns a guy that they could give up? Do they want to keep the pass rusher build around Brown? I like what both I like, you know, both of those young guys on the defensive line, I think, are are very, very good. If I was a team, I definitely would be interested in grabbing him. But is do you is uh do which one of those guys stands out to you? Well, we've got – well, Brian Burns is in his fifth year right now. He's going to be free agent. Derek Brown uh, – well, Brian Burns, again, he's 25 years old. Um, yeah. Waiting for this Derek Brown page to load because I haven't looked at his name in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, in my opinion, like when it comes to the price of the team, I feel like you would – you'd continue to move with Derek Brown. He's, a, he's about the same age. Uh, but let me look up his contract. Information. And he had like, you know, he was a, a high draft pick, I think top 10 guy. Uh-huh. I want to say seventh overall. Seventh overall. And it's not like, I mean, he wasn't Jalen Carter as rookie year. Like he wasn't step into the league, dominate right away. And it's not like he's even ascended to be Dexter Lawrence, who was, you know, all pro level defensive tackle last season. But he's definitely been very, very solid. It's been a, a you know, a very, very good rise for Derek Brown. He's one of the better defensive tackles in the league, but it's again, it's been like a climb for him and it's kind of, kind of slid under the radar. But I think at this point in his career, he's performing pretty good. And I think the number that you could get him at, like you're saying is a, is a good number, but Burns is a guy and chin as well. I think Jeremy chin is a guy that they've actually said is available. Like he is publicly on the market. Do you have chin stock? 
He was on my list of guys. Not necessarily, no. I don't really pay no. attention. No. No chin stock, huh? No chin stock. I'm going to... I was trying to think of a double chin joke. But double down. I like chin. I wouldn't be mad at giving him a shot. But I think we didn't say how many picks we're doing. I think five. I think we'll do five and then uh, maybe some honorable mentions if you want to shout some guys out. Okay. So for for my last pick, I was almost... I was going to get all of my guys except for Chase Young. You sneaky law. Okay. For my next uh, pick, uh, I could go offense or defense. I have a good balance. Ooh, do I go Do I go crazy? You want to go crazy? Give me a crazy one. Give you me want my crazy? Absolutely out of this world. Just give me the craziest. Craziest thing no, you got. Be careful what you wish for because you didn't think I was going to have a one that crazy but we're we're fresh off fresh off a loss so why not overreact what if what if like so if if the bears called the charters right now and said okay yeah fields is in the deal sure but we're doing fields we're doing panthers pick first round pick we're doing our own first round pick we're doing all the future first and second that we need what if they essentially traded Caleb Williams for Justin Herbert? Who says no in that deal? Because if you throw that Panthers pick in, I mean, the Panthers are, are they, they're, yeah, they're still winless. They're Owen. I mean, they're, they're cruising yeah, to the number one pick right they, now. Cur- currently they have the number one pick in next year's draft. So I don't, I don't know. Like Herbert is one of the most untouchable guys in the league, Yeah, but Again, if you can almost guarantee them Caleb Williams and all of the stuff to build around and the Chargers are kind of, you know, they have some pieces, it wouldn't probably be the hardest reset. That's the craziest one I got. Is Justin Herbert untouchable for Caleb Williams? So they'd have to give them their pick, the Panthers pick this year. Um, probably their pick and the Panthers pick next year as well, you think? You think so four according- first picks? And let me Caleb go back Williams to one of them would be enough. Let me go back to over. So over the cap.com, I put that trade in their trade calculator earlier. And if I remember correctly, it was Justin. It was just, it was basically Justin Fields and their Panthers first. And then the bears first, second and third this year. And the bears first, second and third next year. Because it Jesus. didn't have the didn't have the trades out for like 2026, so I assume you know yeah. maybe if you do like a a 20, if maybe there's a way to spread it out over three or four years. But it was essentially six picks in Justin Fields for Herbert. I mean, if you're solidifying that the Chargers would be getting Caleb Williams, I don't even think you would need to send Justin Fields at that point. I think if you're the Bears, you could trade for Justin Herbert and try to send Fields a different direction. Mm. Is the I mean, Panthers Justin pick Fields that is, surefire at this point? That's where it's, yeah, I don't know. Because even if you're not getting Caleb Williams, you still have guys up there like Penix, Drake May. Drake May. Imagine Dale, the Panthers Dale, just Drake rattle May. off like somehow they get like three divisional wins and it's like, oh, now the Broncos yeah. have the number one overall pick. Oh, you We just traded Justin Herbert for Drake May. Caleb Williams, okay. But yeah, hey, you if, you wanna, if you want to send the Panthers off. pick and Justin Fields, just kind of to make sure if you don't get Caleb Williams, here's a quarterback for you. It would take a I lot. Kinda, 
I know we talked about Caleb Williams on the Rams in the tank draft. I just kind of like the idea of him in LA in general. Yeah. I think it'd be fun to have him in SoFi Stadium. And if I'm so if I'm being honest, again, I'm a Colts fan, so sorry to any Chargers fans that are listening. I get the home field advantage is not good for your team, but I I like the 50-50 split watching the games. It's fun that the crowd is just always going. Like you're watching that Monday night game, and the crowd's always cheering. It's half Cowboys fans, half yeah. It's like it's like a soccer game. It's just it's like there's like a a constant buzz in these LA stadiums that you don't always get because I mean you don't get maybe the high high swings, but the sort of there's like a hum in the stadium the whole time because it's just like an even divide. Did you see the rumors about how the girl they kept showing on Monday Night Football was a paid actress for the Chargers? So what, at what point did you did it become suspicious? I think uh, today people were like stalking the woman, and they found. No, like I'm just saying, like, were her. you? I mean, at watching the game, like, was it the fourth time they cut to her? The fifth time? Oh, I I had to work. I wasn't even able to really watch it. Oh but yeah, I, I did see it on Twitter after, and then this morning it was like, how many times are they going to keep showing this lady? Yeah, I was able to get there for the second half. And it was just, it, this is just second half stuff. It's like this, it's like the third time they cut to a fan. And I don't even know, like, I mean, we know how, we know how cameramen work. I don't know what we want to say here, but I mean, you know, they're going back <laughs> to a fan for a third time. Like, I'm just, you know, like, why are this, there, there were well, some question marks raised early on. With the way she was acting, it kind of seemed like she was the only Chargers fan in the fucking stadium. Like, no other... I've never met a Chargers fan that enthusiastic about their team before. Mm -hmm. Happy Chargers. You've never met an enthusiastic Chargers fan. That's no, I have, a, I have a friend who's a Chargers fan, and I only ever hear him say bad things about him. <laughs> and I ha I know a couple people that are Chargers fans, and they just have one gear. They just... They're always sort of very monotone. They're... I can imagine they're not... They're not cheering for the game. So that... That could be it. But did you see the stuff... That was like her and other teams' jerseys as well at other games. Yeah, so like she was at a Vikings actually, game. No, they actually debunked that. So uh, her son uh -oh. and her Am like hometown is plays for like their like local teams, and they do like NFL teams. Their teams. He played for their Vikings team. No way. And like she said that she was like so enthusiastic about the shit that she went out and bought a jersey, put on all the face paint and everything, and like that's how she would go to those games. She was talking about it this morning on the Pat McAfee show. And so, like, uh, I don't know if you, like, follow the guys on the show, but, like, Ty Schmidt and Boston Connor, they were all defending her on Twitter. Be like, like, I know Boston Connor tweeted, he was like, I usually try to ignore these fake stories, but with a girl this devoted to her family and football, I can't believe people are really trying to say that she's just a paid actress for the NFL. Oh, well, wait. They, they, I mean, come on. Ghetto Gronk's doing his job. He's supposed to be funny, but. You know, I, I is she just is she just sitting out there at a JV football game, a flag football game? Is that what's that's, happening? I, I think so. I I thought I think that's what they were trying to say of why she's like been seen in like Vikings jerseys, and I never saw an explanation on why she was in a Bengals jersey, but I did see those were the three. Oh, teams. there was a was third Bengals. jersey. There was it was Bengals, Vikings, and then obviously Chargers. Hmm. So there's no you haven't Even uncovered. At that point, point when is it illegal to to have three favorite teams in the nfl like it's probably upon but like, there's no nobody says that you like be a fan of three favorites i'm a pretty traditional fan i say you got to have one team 
I think you stick with the team. That's how it works. I think there's exceptions I, where you can I'm jump known, over. I'm, I'm known to be a bandwagon, so. But you're not really a bandwagon. Bandwagon people are switchy people. You know, you stayed, you were committed, you were committed to Peyton, and you've stuck with the Bronco. You know, it's, it, it, it's a, I think it's a case. I think it's a case we could make it an exception for. And, you know, the Arch Manning thing as well feels like it's got like a fair exception clause and that. But yeah, the people that are just jumping around or have multiple teams or whatever, I, you, you got to have one team. Stick with your team. That, that's, uh, that's how we root for sports. But if, if Caleb Williams is on the Chargers, I think maybe a lot more people would root for that team as well, too. Maybe the league yeah. should, uh, should maybe figure out how to do that one. So you, you did the crazy one. So I'm taking Justin Herbert, but you know, two and three right now, I know they've only made the playoffs with one, one time with Staley. Herbert has no playoff wins in his career. So Herbert probably virtually untouchable, but is Eckler untouchable? How gettable is Eckler right now? Um, I think like at his current value, you'd have to send a lot for him. Okay. Just because he's been he's been one of those guys when it comes to running backs who gets majority touches when it comes to rushing and receiving. Yeah, his important for the offense is. It was the Monday night game was when we did the quarterback thing at the top. I was like, is Eckler the best player on the Chargers? I don't think I don't think it's been Cleo Mack. I don't I know Cleo Mack is uh had some moments this year, but this year but... just seeing him and like the importance of the offense, and then I know the Herbert. I was like, okay, Herbert was hurt. We'll give him a game. We'll see what happens. But having him back and seeing his important offense, it was like, hmm, maybe Eckler is uh is as important as we thought. Mike Williams is another guy too. As I was, you know, curious about where he's hurt for the rest of the year, but next year he's on an expiring contract. I think it's a big number as well too. So if you were, you know, thinking two steps ahead, and they go, hey, Mike Williams, he's not here for the rest of the year, and then where do we go? You know maybe post Staley after this next season, you know, what happens, he might be another guy, but who's your last pick? Uh, my last one, I'm going to go with, I thought about this for a little bit, uh, quarterback, Daniel Jones for the New York giants. Ooh, because I, I don't know how much you can put his, like, his just like lack of success on himself or also his offensive line. Because, like, you look at the games that he does poorly, his line isn't able to give him, like, the opportunities to do something successful. But there's also been flashes at times where he's just downright been a bad quarterback. So uh, if you if you want to, like, include him in a deal for maybe, like, like if you're trading to the Vikings, you throw him in and something for Kirk Cousins. Mm. And then if you're New York as well, you get out of the commitment long-term doing that. You flip right. him for an expiring contract, and then you can still maybe get a younger guy and move forward that way. That is the problem bringing in Jones for the other team is New York did the one thing that everybody was like, wait a second, are we sure you should do that? Yeah. Are we sure you and should then, get Daniel Jones $40 million? Yeah, and then also if you're the Vikings and you're bringing in Daniel Jones, you got to know that Justin Jefferson's just going to hate the piss out of you because he already complains <laughs> yeah, about are we, and then. Uh, and then so a fun. downgrade to Daniel Jones. I think he'd be like, you know what? You trade me or cut me by the end of this season, or I'm I'm just gonna not play for you. Would you rather have Jefferson in a wildcat offense or Daniel Jones? Is the question. Jefferson in a while. I'd rather have Marvin Mims in a wildcat offense than Daniel oh, Jones. Trade for Marvin Mims and play him a quarterback. Trade for Marvin Mims, put him at QB. That might be the best. That might be the smartest thing we've said. 
I think you could, well, I don't know. Maybe you can't get Marvin Mims. Maybe he's untouchable. Maybe we're actually wrong. I did just trade for him in my dynasty league. Hmm. Full details at Ian Fatiport on Twitter. On the X. So interesting. If you want to. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's an interesting. Uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Interesting piece to that trade about the trade deadline. If Jerry Judy gets traded. So go look. Yeah, there was like a. There was a conditional. A conditional so there's yeah. been. There's been some stuff in with trades in the past. I know the Carson Wentz trade was a to the Colts had a conditional pick in it, depending yep. on where and he then finished. I, Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. Aaron Rodgers as well. But I've never seen a trade with a condition involving a player. So Ian Fatterport's Twitter has the trade with the condition involving a player. It's a one of a kind deal. It's the second um, fantasy trade I've ever made with a condition. The first one I did was uh, I did a conditional trade. With that included Terry McLaurin for Tyler Lockett mm. uh, in my first year of the Dynasty League, and I think the condition was uh, it was something along the lines of where my third round pick would have been. So, like, if it was oh yeah, was so you protected pick, you protected your third round pick. Yeah, it would have it would have been uh, like if you it was earlier, to protect third the third. Pick. Well, you only get four picks in Dynasty. Man's for, breaking for all year. the rules. I didn't. I thought you only protected your first. <laughs> depends. Just depends on who you're trading with. I, I was trading with the commission. He's the most difficult trade partner in the group. So had to meet him a little bit in the middle, but. No, these are genius. These are genius ideas. I mean, this is, this is what, this is why we tell you to follow the Twitter because you guys learn things about how to trade and how to maneuver stuff. It's, it's yeah. Protect it's out of the box thinking. Out of the box thinking. Protect all your assets. Check Make your sure. Ass. Yeah, you gotta you gotta win the deal in any way possible. And you're you're right. I like I I know the listeners don't know, but we both know what it's like to play fantasy with the commission. Uh, he is he is a feisty trade guy. So you know he makes you bend the rules. And I can you know you're 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 three D thinking here with the fantasy. The commission has made you uh, a stronger fantasy player. He's good fantasy resistance, but. To recap the trade draft real quick. So I had T. Higgins, Garrett Bowles, Carlton Davis, Daniil Hunter, and who did I who did I have as my last pick? I had oh, oh I just, you Herbert. maybe picked Justin Herbert. And then you had Chase Young, Kirk Cousins, Jerry Judy, Brian Burns, and Daniel Jones. I I think if if Ballard, if this was just if we traded all our picks for these guys and we're like, hey, we're just gonna be really good next year, this is a fun team. We bring in T. Higgins, Garrett Bowles, get some protection. Carlton Davis out on the we need a corner. But I think all of these guys could uh we could potentially see. We did mention some of the honorable mentions as well, talking about the teams, but a couple other guys I wanted to mention. Trent Brown from Patriots. If the Patriots want to start selling off parts, they've done it with their offensive line before. You know, they traded Shaq Mason a nice young prospect. And Trent Brown has been one of the better tackles in the league this year, according to pro football focus. I think they have him third on the season at tackle and he's an expiring contract. So who knows what you want to do with him in the off season, but he could be a guy that the Patriots want to sell. We mentioned chin, you know, Jamal Adams and the Seahawks, I think is always a guy that could uh, maybe mm-hmm. potentially go Derek Henry is Derek Henry gettable. I still feel like he's untouchable. Shaq Thompson is another Panther. Najee Harris. 
Is he is he desirable? Is anybody going after Najee Harris? Um, sorry, what'd you say? You cut out for a second. Najee Harris. Najee Harris. I mean, yeah, I don't know who's really gonna want to trade for him though. It seems like he's just been like constantly declining. Nobody's making calls. Oh, another charger I forgot to mention, Derwin James as well. Derwin James, yeah, he's. I mean, he. I still have him up there on my safeties list, and yeah. you can play linebacker as well. Charles Leno, another tackle from the Commanders. Mac Jones, obviously. Deshaun Watson, keeping my eyes on that situation. Ooh. Who knows uh, how that goes long term? And uh, last but not least, uh, Cordero Patterson. If somebody needs a just, hey, who wants to go rescue Cordero Patterson, who's just been lost behind Tyler Algier? I, I know, and, and Bijan Robinson. So because they like they made up like they started using him as like a joker instead of like a traditional running back or wide receiver, and we haven't seen any of that this year because they drafted Bijan and it's just been like a one-two punch the entire season. He is a little bit older, so that you know, I think he might be over thirty-five at this point. You know, he was when Atlanta got him near the end there, but they're able to revitalize him. So who knows? Maybe he wouldn't be much cash. Can you trade cash in the NFL? You can trade cash in the NBA for cash consideration. I think so. Is he like, what do you have to give? Like $500,000 for Cordell Patterson? I don't know. Like Falcons literally aren't using him. Like they're going to be upset saying, Hey, can we have this guy? (laughs) I don't know who wants, maybe who wants to bring in a 35 year old Cordell Patterson, but that is the tank draft quickly. We should, uh, fantasy face off, which I'm not going to lie. I, this is, this has become quite the heated showdown between, uh, between Rem and Dan. And last week was a close match and it was a good match. This week was an even higher scoring match. Let me pull up the score here from last week. Dan's team did really well. Kyron Williams, uh, Jamar Chase, Drake London. You had Drake London as your wide receiver three last week. He had 20 plus points. Zay Flowers, I know, had 17 in London. You had 120 total points in week six. But it wasn't enough. And Team Rem on top again with 130. So Adam Thielen comes up big for me this week. I think top three wide receiver on the week. Am I correct? Top five? Uh, I believe so. Top three, big uh, big week. DeAndre Swift, Tony Pollard, everybody. Even Bryce Young, solid performances all the way across the board for a total of uh, 130 for Team Rem. So the records on the year, Dan is now, it was 500 last week, and now I've, I've pulled ahead. I'm up three to two on the year. Dan, obviously, two to three. So. Is this the bounce back week? Here, let me pull, let me get my team pulled up. As you know, uh, Ian Fataport plays on DraftKings. I am using FanDuel. If you want to plug these lineups into your daily fantasy lineup for week seven, you absolutely can. And as you can tell, and if as you've been listening, they've only been getting better. So, Ian, are you taking the first pick this week? I get the first pick since I am the world's biggest loser. Um, oh, well, no, this is it. This is the bounce back week. It's tough competition. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to make it an even 500 again. It's just kind of been the theme of the year. Uh, I'm worried you might take some of my guys. I feel like we have a lot of overlapping picks this, this, this week. Uh, 
I, I, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. Oh, I'm going big or going home at QB this this week. I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. He's playing uh, the Chargers, who are the worst team against quarterbacks in fantasy. Uh, and then it's also Patrick Mahomes. So taking Patty. Well, that is a big pick. You're spending big air quarterback. I'll be interested to see what the rest of your lineup looks like. Uh, what did, I mean, even Dak, like Dak had good fantasy points on Monday night, right? I know Pollard he had, had a receiving uh, touchdown. 25 PPR points. Yeah. Everybody has a bounce back week against the Chargers. Pat Mahomes, Will, and uh, I think that Chiefs matchup could be a desirable one against that LA secondary. Are we doing the, am I on the clock? Are we doing snake style? Yep. Doing okay, snake so style. I'm, I'm on the clock for my quarterback, so I'll have back-to-back picks, and then you'll be up next. For my quarterback, so I'm gonna I, I'm getting the first guy, number one guy off my wish list, still available. You didn't take any of my picks yet. I'm going, I'm going Geno Smith versus the Cardinals. I think a little bit more expensive than I've spent the last couple of weeks. I know I've gone, you know, I've, we've dipped into the Aiden O'Connell pool, Zach Wilson, Bryce Young. Let's get a veteran in there. I know Geno Smith's fantasy hasn't like the points, you know, he's been more valuable on the field than he has been in fantasy, but the Cardinals defense, I feel like that's solid 12 to 15. It's weird. I'm building these daily fantasy lineups different than I've constructed, say like a read, like in redraft leagues, I was like quarterbacks, you need the dual threat guys, 20 points a week. They're super valuable, but that 15 to, you know, 12, 15, 17 points has been working for daily fantasy. And I'm, you know, I'm actually using these lineups too, and they're winning. So I think we can stick with the stick with that quarterback range. Let's go veteran guy. Let's get Geno Smith against the Cardinals. And for my running back one, hey, Cleo, we got a Cleo appearance. Is that back to back now? I think she's warming up to, I think she's warming up to it. I've been seeing her from the other side of my monitor. She's a, she was sleeping on a chair the entire episode until right now. She finally decided to get up and visit. Oh, now she's angry. She, oh, okay, not, a Gino, not a Gino, not a Gino fan. She does not like the Seahawks. Nobody in this house likes the Seahawks. Mm, that's fair. That's fair. Well, she's going to hate this. She's going to hate this one even more because my next pick will, I don't know. Is Cleo a Broncos fan? She also uh, yeah, claimed she the Denver Broncos. She has to be. She goes, she goes where uh, Ian goes. I figure I'm dipping into the Broncos matchup this week against the Packers and he's been injured. And I think, you know, he was, uh, they had the bye week this week. He's had a chance to get healthy. Maybe we see him back this week. So if he's out, maybe we'll fix it. I don't know how, but Aaron Jones, we're going Aaron Jones, RB one again, Ben hurt. So he hasn't been around price down a little bit, but Denver defense, we've known the struggles have been well-documented real yeah a favorable matchup and i know he might be banged up but he looks good every time he plays and even in week one he still had a fantastic week so aaron jones against denver will be my number one running back see i thought you said that you were going back-to-back seahawks right there which would have really upset me because my running back uh, running back one is kenneth walker this week Yep, so you're going to be a matchup against Arizona. <laughs> They've got the 30th uh, opponent ranking in running backs this year. So I'm, I'm, I'm stacking. I'm going Kenny. Okay, this is interesting because none of us have done that, done a team this way yet. 
where we really spend big. I, I thought about it this week. I looked at some of the matchups. Ken Walker was definitely on my board. And Ken Walker is just like a touchdown, a touchdown a week guy right now. I know if you like go to like same game parlay, Ken Walker touchdown, it's just like minus 150, minus 200. It's even guaranteed. I'm going to want, I'm, I might look at the Ken Walker two touchdown odds this week and see what those are. If we can get plus odds on a Ken Walker two touchdown performance against the Cardinals, we might do it. So I like the pick. He's on my board. I think he's going to have a good week. Uh, my next pick for running backs, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I guess, your team, actually. Yeah. Uh, I'm going Jerome yeah. Ford at running back. I think for the price on uh, DraftKings, he's 5100 mm-hmm. uh, I feel like for his price, that's a pretty good value pick. Uh, he has been splitting kind of carries with Kareem Hunt, but like he's still getting majority of the workload. Pierre Strong kind of thrown in there as well, but I've got faith in Jerome this week. And, you know, Kareem Hunt's in there, maybe mixing it up a little bit. That could be an issue. But the Colts defense is okay. It's not going to, I don't think, shut Ford down. And I agree. If you just are looking for value picks, he's his value really stands out right now. And it, do they get Watson back? How much longer is he out for? Um, maybe they, maybe he's out for he one more. He could be back this week, but it might be one more. Might be one more week. Either way, I think Ford could have a good day against the Colts. So both guys I definitely had my eye on. But for my RB2, still available. I'm going Brian Robinson Jr. versus the the New York Giants. The the dumpster fire Giants. Hopefully this game is not hopefully this game is not in the quad box. It will probably end up there somehow. This might this is probably a probably a prime time, probably a late afternoon game. Yeah. Unfortunately. But Brian Robinson, rushing touchdown. I could see it happening. He had a receiving touchdown last week, I think, where he had some sort of receiving production, which is unusual for Brian Robinson. He's definitely more of a 20 carries for 80 yards and no touchdowns type of running back. And you're like, wait a second. Mm -hmm. How do you have a great day and get me zero points? Oh, Oh, Brees Hall had a touchdown. Yeah, Brian Robinson receiving touchdown. I think he had only one or two last year, and he's already at two this year. So... Getting him involved against a weak Giants offense. I think I have good matchups for both of my running backs. I do. I like those. I like those picks. Yeah, oh, I, I, and I'm back on the clock for one more. I got one more back pick. Back on the clock. Wide receiver I got my, one. My wide receiver one. This will be, this is where I, this is where I'm anchoring my team. This is my big spend of the week. I'm going AJ Brown against the Dolphins secondary. And this Dolphins defense, I a guy we should have mentioned, you know, well, maybe we maybe maybe we'll save it. But there is a there is a a, a golf a Dolphins guy or two on the defense that I think could be available just because you know there's some good players, but the defense itself has not been good this year. I think they're 26 right now or what so that would be seventh, sixth or seventh in points per game allowed, giving up almost 26 points a game. I think they're third in giving up first downs right now. So it, it's been the thing that's holding him back. And I think AJ Brown is going to have a day, especially the secondary too, like Xavier yeah. Howard. And I like Kohu, but some of these guys, they're liable to give up big plays. And I think AJ Brown gets a, gets a long one or two in this game. And he will be my wide receiver one. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. 
Pretty nice. All right. Wide receiver one for me. I'm capitalizing on offensive injuries for this team. Uh, I'm going to take Brandon Ayuk as my wide receiver one. Oh, you uh, with the potential of Debo and CMC not playing this week, I think uh, they're really going to give him and Kittle the ball. I think he's going to. I think he's really going to flourish in an offense where he's kind of the star, which hasn't really he hasn't really done in his career. But I think he's kind of ready for it. So I'm going to take him with the upside of him possibly being the only option on offense this week. Yep, he was my he was my next pick. You've really wrecked my board. Now I've got to try to work this on the fly. Oh geez. I'm panicking. This is never good because now it's not it's not the lineup. I know I I told myself when when he takes one of your picks, stick to your board and you'll figure it out. But Ayuk, especially with Debo, and the thing about again, going back to the end of that Niners game was like Purdy was doing some stuff, but Ayuk was really getting open as well in that uh-huh. final drive and really being like a real wide receiver one. And obviously when he steps up into that role he can do what's asked of him. So I like the pick. Is he, he's your wide receiver one on the week? Wide receiver one. So wide receiver two, I'm going with a favorable matchup against uh, my running backs team. Uh, I'm taking Arizona Cardinals wide receiver Marquise Brown. Hmm. Uh, This year, uh, the Seahawks are 32nd in points per game allowed to wide receivers. Uh, I think Marquise Brown is kind of the solidified wide receiver one on this offense. James Connors on IR, so they haven't get, been giving the ball to the rushing game a lot. Uh, Michael Wilson, I don't know if you've been following him at all, but he's kind of starting to come into his own. But I think yep. Hollywood's definitely just that solidified guy who they're going to throw the ball to, and I think it's really going to work out for them in their favor this this week. I think he had he had double digits in like each of the last four games, and then had a down week this week. So he's been you know, at least productive and against the Seahawks defense could definitely boom. Another guy I looked at, see, I knew we were going to have overlapping picks. The Ayuk one really hurts. So I think I've got a, well, do I, do I mix it up and just move my flex play up into my wide receiver? Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Okay. Let's take, Let's play jazz. So I'm taking, I'm taking DK Metcalf. I was going to stack. I was going to stack the, I was going to stack him with, well, I'm not going to say picks. I was going to do a different stack and I'm stacking Gino with DK. The budget now opens up because of the IU pick. So this is not the original lineup I had intended, but a Gino, a Gino DK stack against the Cardinals. I can't be mad about. I do, I do like that pick. Uh, with and he's been like he's been very solid through this year. I think he's been averaging somewhere in like the eleven to fifteen range, yeah. if I'm correct. So, and I mean that's what you can ask for out of somebody with a guy like DK. And I now I I don't want to over well. Maybe it doesn't really matter. I mean, if you're gonna have a good week, you're gonna have a good week. If you're all on the same team, I mean. It is what it is. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Christian Watson. Dip back into the Broncos pool. I'm definitely going to overload on this matchup, and I don't feel good about it because I hate taking too many guys out of one game. It just never seems like that's uh, 
the yeah, smart yeah. thing to do. Yeah, it's like wait, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the exact three top scoring fantasy guys from this game, and they're all gonna be on the same team. But Christian Watson against this Broncos secondary. Hats are tan though. Hopefully we get Mathis on him. If we can get Mathis over on Christian Watson, then this pick is solid. PS2, get like him on it. get him on Romeo Dobbs. <laughs> I'm gonna tweet I'm gonna slide into PS2's DMs and just be like, Romeo Dobbs the real one. <laughs> Try to convince him. Wide receiver three. That was a bad pick. Uh, I should have done it. Oh well. Hey, you I, I don't mind a pick. I don't mind it. But on my side, uh I'm gonna go with somebody who I'm kind of relying on his touchdown production because he, he doesn't get mm. out and received, obviously, by the guy on the other side for him. But I'm going Jacoby Myers against the Bears. Mm. Oh, I him, okay. I could see him going for is maybe Jimmy four G or back? five catches and a touchdown. I think Jimmy G is back. Okay, out of the hospital. He will be playing this week. So I'm going to go Jacoby Myers. Maybe, maybe a five receptions, 46 yards, and a touchdown. If I can get that, I'm good. Mm, yeah, if you can get that touchdown in there. Who is their matchup this week? Uh, they've got the Bears. Mm, yeah. That's going to work out good. Okay. We've stumbled through the receiver picks. I think we're going to get back on track here with tight end in a flex. Am I back on the clock? Uh, no, I've got my tight end, and then you are. Okay. Uh, my tight end, I'm taking uh, Michael Myers himself. Uh, Michael Meyer? Michael Mayer, but the Michael Meyer, David Njoku. Oh, oh, whoa! Uh, I'm, I'm taking the burn victim. Uh, the Colts are 23rd opponent ranking against tight ends. Uh, I like what he's been able to do me. this season, so I'm going to I'm gonna double up on Browns players, which and I normally wouldn't do, but taking forward Njoku. Well, you picked against my favorite team, and in order to get you back, I think they're going to start P.J. Walker this week, so hopefully that's <laughs> karma for your pick. You didn't take my guy. This is what I, I now see. I'm I'm just I'm going all in on the Packers offense versus the Broncos defense, and I don't feel good about it, but Luke Musgrave as a swing? Can we get a Luke Musgrave touchdown? Maybe, maybe. That's what I'm banking on here. We need a touchdown. I mean, I'm not Maybe going. Red zone Luke, touchdown. I, I I don't think he's gonna go like eight for seventy in this game. I mean, he might, but I it, maybe it's like a a three for thirty and a tutty. But it's the Broncos defense, so I feel like I yeah. I feel like it, there's a good chance. Feel good about it. I I don't disagree with you there. I think potential for maybe a, like a short red zone touchdown if they need like a with like an inside the 10 little flat route play like we see mm-hmm. a lot of teams do now i could see it see now they need to score at least three touchdowns and it has to be aaron jones and christian <laughs> watson and luke musgrave or christian watson goes for 10 for something i don't know we've only ever seen him 10 like for score. 150 and four touchdowns and that covers all three of them for you so mm. oh true <laughs> christian watson does all the work i didn't even think about that outcome i agree well, this last guy, I'm taking him. Is this does this help my team or hurt my team if I take this guy because you have his quarterback? But in my flex, I'm gonna go. I'm going Rasheed Rice against this Chargers defense. He's had some problems with the drops this year, but four catches on four targets last week, all them all in. I believe he got a touchdown as well, right? 
Did he score? Uh, Should have scored against the Bears, obviously. Had a couple of plays in that game. Has had a lot of opportunities around the goal line. And this Chargers defense, like we said, is a sieve against the pass. And they're looking at Rice. They want Rice to get involved. They want him to take more responsibilities. So I think this is a good week for him to break out. Yeah, and when it comes to the Chiefs offense, I think for wide receivers, looking at Rice is probably the best option. Obviously, yep. Travis Kelsey's like the best pass catcher, but when you're looking like strictly at the wide receiver, it's been him most of the season, and I expect that to continue. So I'm on the backs of Rasheed Rice and Christian Watson. They will carry my team. Uh, for my flex spot, I actually shit on this quarterback, which I don't know who's starting this week. He could be back. Oh. But I'm taking Wandale Robinson as my flex Oh, spot. I looked at him. And I looked at I'm him. Doing, I'm doing that because the last two weeks, they've shown to use him a lot more than I kind of expected them to. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he was their leading receiver this last week against the Bills. So, I mean, and like with the target share comes potential touchdowns, potential big plays. So, and I also spent a lot on Kenneth Walker and Mahomes and I needed a cheap option. So here we are. We're taking Wandale Robinson. Oh, I think. The Ayuk thing is interesting. I really like your team because I had a very similar version with both Ken Walker and Ayuk in it. And I, he is, for some reason, Ayuk is really priced down this week. So I would just say, you know, throw Ayuk in your, in your, find a way to work Ayuk into your daily fantasy lineup as best you can. He's a, a great value this week. Yeah. Also, that was your, you said your flex guy? Yep. So uh, my last, well, I guess pick I can, for, yeah. Say your last, last pick. pick for defense. Uh, I'm taking the Bills against the Pats. Mm, fair. Which sure. is pretty self-explanatory because Patriots are ass. So, and they're the thing with the defenses too is sometimes they can, pl- you know, even if they have three sacks and a pick, if they give up thirty points, it's kind of nullified. The Patriots' offense right now is, are they scoring ten points a game? I guess they were. Uh, they did get to seventeen last week, so it did. It has taken a a bit of an uptick, but it's not going to kill you. And there's a potential that you get a Mac Jones pick and some sacks. I like the matchup. Uh, did you see before they scored this last week that they were outscored like 84 to three in 10 quarters of football? Well, I, I know that they had scored 55 points through five games. So they yeah, weren't, yeah, was, they were definitely being outscored by a lot. It was bad. <laughs> well, I, I'm kind of thinking along the lines of you, I'm going to take a team that's a, facing another struggling offense, even though it's a bit of a swing. My defense, I'm taking the Rams defense versus the Steelers versus Kenny Pickett. Aaron Donald versus the Steelers offensive line. Aaron Donald That's might fair. score more yeah. points than uh than Rasheed Rice this week. Yeah, that yeah, I could see it now. Now that you phrase it like that. <laughs> Do I get a touchdown? Do I get like a Byron Young sack fumble touchdown? I think it happened. I think I was happen. I was thinking you were gonna take the Packers defense just because you already have half their team on continue. So they would need twenty eight points and one of them to be a pick six or a, a punt return to balance out my team. The other guy would the other guy would look at your lineups like we were saying with Ayuk. If if McCaffrey is not out, if or if McCaffrey's not playing, Jordan Mason or you know Elijah yeah. Mitchell. If those guys are still cheap on FanDuel and DraftKings, obviously just put those guys right in as well. Like for what you're the points you're gonna get for the price is gonna be worth it. And then if you could do Ken if 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 you could do like Ken Walker and Jordan Mason and Brandon Ayuk and find a way to still maybe because of Ken Walker and you know Rasheed Rice and your flex, maybe you could still work AJ Brown into that lineup and 
get a second mm-hmm. star in there. I think you could get some flexibility with the uh, the lower price guys. But those are the fantasy faceoff teams for week seven. And I, I, I'm kind of worried this week. I was feeling good going into the week. The IU thing really shook me. I think Christian Watson's going to have a good week, but the, honestly, the pick that the pick that really the pick that's the tough one is the Aaron Jones one. So we'll monitor that one through the week, and we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I probably just wouldn't play Aaron Jones regardless. So I don't know why I made that pick, but either way, <laughs> you live and you learn, and uh, that's why you listen to listen to the pod to learn something, to have a good time. Absolutely. So yeah, what did we learn this week? Don't play Aaron Jones when he's injured. <laughs> Don't play guys that are injured is the lesson. But fantasy uh, faceoff. Week learned, seven. What? Uh, George Patton should just sell the entire Denver Broncos team. Oh, George Patton, Greg Penner. And the, the Penner, the Penner Walton group. Penner Walton group, the Walmart the guy. Sell it to who? Sell it to Amazon. Any anybody else? Yeah, I bet Jeff Bezos would buy. Sell it to Google. Maybe Mark. Sell Cuban it to X. To, maybe Mark Cuban wants to get his way into the NFL game. Should we draft future Broncos owners some week? Spongebob Ooh, that might be fun. Draft potential <laughs> people to own the Broncos. How much money does the Rock have? Actually, he oh, owns an entire it. league. He might not yeah. need a team. Did you see that they added flag football as a sport to the Olympics? 2028. I'm excited. That is actually Dude, like at what point like does does the does the mm-hmm. US take NFL players? Like is that mm-hmm. how that's going to work? Are we going to see like the type of runs that we'd see from like USA basketball? I mean, I'm yeah, that's the question. The question is you know, at what point does like Tyreek Hill do we send out Tyreek Hill and Justin <laughs> Jefferson and Micah Parsons? Like it, at what point we does that happen? Even, we wouldn't even need, we would need Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and a bunch of fifth graders. And we'd have the best team ever. Cause nobody. I think TJ Watt country, could play offense. Put him at tight end. You'd be a tight end. I, he has how many touchdowns this year already on defense. He'll figure it out. Miles Garrett. If we just sent like Miles Garrett, Aaron Donald, they could play every position. We're literally fine. <laughs> there's just, I feel like there's a couple other DeForest Buckner. Yeah, throw him in that group. In there now. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor. Do we send him? We got to send, just if we're just Giants sending freak athletes, there. if we're just sending freak athletes, we got to send Anthony Richardson. I, th- I think we should just, whoever has the worst team in the NFL in the 2027 season, their entire team is going to play 2028 just so they can feel better about themselves. Oh, we send Bryce Young. Oh, we said Adam Peters are going to be that bad in five years from now. <laughs> Jonathan Mingo, well, I guess if we were doing it this year, we're doing it now, yeah. Or do we send Justin Fields? We probably send Fields because he's more more popular. But that is the, I mean, you hear flag football and you go, oh well, flag football is not a big deal. Like I feel like people are going to equate that in their minds to like three on three basketball because FIBA has three on three as well as a five on five. It's not like the NBA guys gravitate over to the three on three, but it's not like tackle football is an Olympic sport either. It's only flag football. And it's not, I feel like NFL athletes would be less likely to play like football, just more physical. So, you know, do you want to go play tackle football in the summer Olympics as well versus 
hey, let's pull up and play a basketball game. So the fact that it's a less physical thing, like, do you think that makes the NFL guys maybe in the future more inclined to do it because it's flag? I think so. I think so. Because if you were in your offseason, I think it would make more sense to not want to play if it was tackle because the injury risk involved. And Mm. I mean, in flag, there's still like non-contact injury risk involved, but not nearly as physical. Uh, I think guys would definitely be more inclined to play. Just, I wouldn't be surprised with the NFL standing for no fun league that they would try to put something out saying our players aren't going to play in this because of the injury risk. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised about that. But at the same time, if they knew what was good for how to grow the game and like their, uh, their ratings, I think they would definitely allow their players to play in it. Do we know any of the rules? Is it like seven on seven? Uh, I don't know. Five on five. Okay. So this is, this is NFL.com five on five. 50-yard field, no lines. Yeah, five on five, so no lines. 12-player rosters. And I guess uh, there's really no need to break down like the how it works. But yeah, five on five, 12 players, 50-yard field. And, you know, like we're, like you could just send random guys out too. It's not like you need to send, you know, perfect guys at every position. You could have a little bit of fun with it if you wanted to send. You know, if like Micah Parsons just wanted to go and run routes, like, I mean, again, would the Cowboys want to risk that? But, I mean, you're still sending him out there. Like, athlete-wise, I feel like he's pretty crazy. But, I don't know, maybe you get, like, a country, start putting, like, track people in there. So, if you don't have yeah. to if you don't have to block and you just run and throw. And we've the thing that's happening, too, in basketball is, like, the international stuff. Like, maybe, maybe back when, you know, USA was more dominant, you'd be more inclined to play for USA. But now that it, you know talent is more spread out. Like guys are actually seeking out, trying to play in more countries, get more opportunities. Like Carl Anthony Towns, like, Oh yeah, I'll go to the Dominican Republic team. So maybe these other countries, you know, like maybe, maybe some quarterback is like, Ooh, like Kyler Murray, for example, Kyler Murray, I'm sure could, you know, play for other countries besides the USA, you know, quarterbacks with other heritage, I'm sure could find ways to, uh, to play and maybe maybe we actually get like competitive teams i feel like it's easier for it to be competitive is five on five as well maybe yeah maybe it's not a walk in the park for the usa after all that'll be a that'll be a fun one i'm excited to i'm excited to see see where that goes we just got this we just got that news this past week right that was fresh yep. Did they say that sunday night during the game uh yeah i believe so i know we were definitely, it's definitely a place where everybody heard it, but that'll also be the LA Olympics as well too. So football in America for the first time, maybe, maybe who, maybe that's part of it. Maybe, maybe it being in America, who knows a lot of angles, but that's, uh, that's, uh, I guess that's the fantasy face-off like football. Maybe we'll make our guys play like flag football. Did you have any quick Loki thoughts before we go? Uh, I feel like the the series is kind of going by slow. I don't know how you feel about mm-hmm. it, but like the storylines feel a lot slower. It's a lot more detailed, so it takes longer to get to everything. I finally yeah. like that they kind of the, they finally introduced like Sylvie's like role in this season. It's a uh, the first season. I mean, they just they they feel like they're the the seasons are doing different things. Like the first season was, I don't want to say it was more prestige but you know it's definitely a little more complicated there's a lot of dialogue like episode basically the first three episodes it's like loki talking to himself 
Loki talking to, to Morbius, Loki talking to Sylvie. And then by episode six, you know, it's basically Loki and Kang. And that episode is just a lot of, a lot of dialogue in the first season. But I mean, I still, I still, I still really enjoy this season. I think I it's, it, I think it's fun, but the other, the, the one big thing that I will say through first, the first two episodes is so in season one, like the end, so the end of episode two, season one, we're meeting Sylvie. So by that point, you know, basically all of the major pieces are in play through first, the first two episodes. And then, you know, we bring in Kang at the end, but everything else is kind of already established. So through two episodes, you know, is this kind of what we're dealing with here? Like, is this in terms of who was in the show? Like, I know, I know, you know, Jonathan Majors and the Victor Timely will be on, you know, I think uh, Renslayer as well will be back yeah. as well too. But that's, yeah. In terms that's of like kinda... big character, uh, big character introductions, if they're sticking to the two episode thing, you know, there's only been a few of them that we could really point out. That's yeah, and that's kind of what I mean by slow because I feel like there's still a lot of characters that like we've seen before or we're expecting to see that haven't been introduced yet, mm-hmm. and that's where I'm kind of thinking maybe this week could be like, I don't know, do we see Kang this early, mm. uh, or will we see Renslayer here soon? Uh, we're still missing. Do uh, you know how they were talking about how uh, I forget her name, but it's the it's the animated clock in the series. It's minutes. It's like, Yes, Miss Minutes. She's working with Renslayer, who's working with Kang. Uh, and mm, like half yeah. the episode was about how they like need her help, like fixing uh, the timeline so that like the whole like TVA doesn't explode. But we mm-hmm. still haven't seen her yet. So I'm just interested to see if this week could be the week where it kind of opens up a little bit more and we see more characters. I mean, if they if if they would probably have to be this one too, because otherwise they're halfway done through the season. You know, yeah. episode three if they're going for six episodes again. The one guy that we did meet through the first two episodes, that is a new character. And I wonder if there is something more to this guy than they're leading on. Is 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 there more to OB than meets the eye, do you think? Uh, do you think he's going to play some big importance later on? I think so, because uh, like through these first two episodes, they've already focused in on him trying to uh, fix the timeline so that it doesn't... Uh, I forget what they call it. Uh, the big machine he's working on. Yeah, the big machine he's working on. Like that's good. That has a chance to explode. Yeah. I think that's going to play a major part because that really decides on like where the fate of the TVA goes. Like if that thing blows up, the TVA's done. If he can keep it together, the TVA stays on until we figure out what Sylvie and Loki's big plan is with that. Mm-hmm. So I think he's. I think he's going to play a big part throughout the rest of the season. I think we'll see him every episode and. It's going to eventually come down to probably the second to last or last episode where we see something with the timeline really coming into play like that machine. Do you think there's any way that he is, I don't want to say a Kang variant, but is there any sort of Kang relation with him? Just because, I mean, being in charge of this machine that's basically like funneling all these time things, like this is like, I mean, if we're just talking about the structure of the TVA, like, Pretty important stuff. Like, I mean, this is this seems like about as high level responsibility task that you could have is being in charge of this. You know, uh, we'll figure out what the name of the machine is. But being in being in charge of this machine just feels like way more important than just having the the mechanic. You know, repair guy look at a look at this thing every once in a while. 
Yeah, I agree. And then, uh, like, kind of, like, on the outside of it, which this might be a stretch, but the actor they have him playing is an actor who just won an Oscar for yes. uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Mm -hmm. uh, like, that's a big name to bring in to just be, like, a side piece character. And so a stunt like... guy as well, too. A guy that's yeah. just not, you know, like a quirky guy. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like with like how big his name is coming into this, that they're definitely going to make something of his character. Like if they, what I'm, you know, what I meant was like, if they have to, if he is connected in Kang some way and it has to get more physical and there's fighting involved, like, I mean, he literally showed that, like, that's, that's what yeah. he does. Temporal, temporal loom. The temporal loom. Oh, the temporal yes. loom. Yes. Shout out people over at Tech Radar. Temporal uh, Loom. Yeah. Being in charge of the Temporal Loom seems uh like a very important task than just having the 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 janitor guy yeah. just uh be in charge. He's in charge of all the temp pads. He wrote the handbook. And I don't know, for some reason, the when they go back to him in episode two and they like pan over the top of the desk and he's sitting there working on stuff. And he's like mumbling stuff. That just felt weirdly important. And I know what he's saying, it was like audible as well. Like it's meant for us to be heard. Like it just, it's not like side character -y type mm -hmm. stuff. You know, there, there's obviously stuff they want us to know about him. I've got an idea for you. And I just kind of thought about this. Ooh. He Ooh. wrote the handbook. He talked about in the first episode, how he'd been there for hundreds and hundreds of years, like since the beginning of the TVA, if he wrote the handbook, what if he created the TVA? Oh, he's been so, there the longest. He wrote the rules for everybody. Mm. What are the odds that like he acts like a side piece character? But like the reason he's able to fix everything with the TVA is because he's the one that created it. And he's like, he's the one who like put the whole thing together. And then Kang came along early in time, just took it from him. Uh -huh. He was like, well, I don't want to die, so I'll just work for this guy. Because Kang takes credit for it in the end of season six. You know, he claims to have started the whole thing. Yeah. But, I mean, you're right. If if I mean, he is a conqueror, so it wouldn't be shocking that he, instead of, you know, creating the TVA and putting and organizing this whole thing together, yeah. if the time guy was the guy that structured the whole thing, and then Kang busts through, figures out these timelines, captures and takes over the TVA, brainwashes everybody. Mm -hmm. I think Ian Fatterport needs to add Marvel into his bio. I, I, I might be onto something here. I think he just cracked the show. You get the script? Something. You know, you were know, you involved maybe, in the writer's strike? What happened? Maybe I'll just have they to bring you into the room. Be like, if, if you, if you pay, pay me a pretty penny, I'll start reporting on some Marvel stuff. Ooh, because I don't work for free. I don't do I don't do any free brand deals over here. No, the Joker said it best. If you do never, you know, what does he say? If you do something well, never do it for free. Mm -hmm. He's a man of simple taste. Gunpowder. Ian Fatiport's new bio is he's a man of simple taste. He likes gasoline and gunpowder. They're both cheap. Ian Fatiport. Ian Fatiport on X. Final High Trash X. Pandas. On the X, I'll have trash pandas. We just we just traded moves? Marvin Mims. We're making moves. Put some tweets out this morning. Uh, we've got an owner in our league who's going at the head of another owner. If you want to see what he said, go to my Twitter. Ooh, I wonder if we'll ever see like a 
ownership transfer in this league. I would be interested to see how that plays out. Well, we, you we know, did, just not on the social media side. So we will we, oh, we will see possibly is, going into next year, there could be an owner transfer. I won't say there was for sure, but there could be. Can Penner buy into the Dynasty League instead of the Broncos? Would you sacrifice the mile? Dynasty. <laughs> hey, Penner, if, you're, if your people are listening to this, I mean, we'll trade the Mile High Trash Pandas for the Denver Broncos. I think it's a fair swap. I'll do it. Yeah, then I, I mean, you can send his. Your people can send him the numbers. Yeah, you can I'll, put I'll that packet together. I'll get I'll get my people on it. They'll send. We'll 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 get in contact. We'll get the agents together. We'll send a packet. The numbers you'll see you'll see it's good. The Mile High Trash Pandas. I mean, Marvin Mims. Mutual mutual. There's mutual. Uh, yeah. They 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 both mutual interests. They both like Marvin exactly. Mims, both the best player on on either we team. Do so I also think... have Corlin Sutton on our roster. Mm, so. I think there's something there. I think you're talking there's it. And Mile there. High. Mile High. Don't even Jack have to goes. move far. See, you know it. We'll be back next week, and we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back with Ian next week, and we'll be back this weekend with Sam. You know the schedule doesn't change. You know we'll be back. So follow him on Twitter at Ian Fataport from and Sam's across all platforms and we'll be back next week thanks for listening